Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is the Migs cast. My name is Steve Migs. I'm here with the Reverend Enfuego. Hello. Big podcast star over there. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit. And also... Glenn Cannon, what's up? Howdy. It's good to have you here. I do. Good to be here. You um, look more awake than usual? Yeah, I'm moderately well rested. I've had a whole <laughs> pot of coffee so far and looking forward to the rest of the day. <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little nervous to see what's going to happen today. Rev, did you eat any of that quiche that was in the oh, kitchen? Oh, hell yeah, I did. Which one did you get? I got the one that was the goat cheese and mushrooms. How oh, was that? God. Oh, solid. I got the one with the ricotta. Yeah, how is it? I feel like I might puke it up before this podcast is <laughs> over. It was, it was, it was tasty, but it's not sitting very well with my stomach. Oh man! Do you have a lactose issue as well? It's not just nacho. No. <laughs> <laughs> what you think I forgot? <laughs> Good old nacho. Nacho. We have to bring nacho in here one of these times. He's got the most. Make him drink a laugh. gallon of milk and then just mic him up and oh, see what just listen to him laugh. He's one of those guys that has like that infectious laugh that oh, sure. it doesn't matter what's being said. He's nice. like <laughs> that kind of a laugh. Oh yeah. It just, it just makes you laugh as well. Nice. Yeah. And he and he looks like a nacho. I love how you brought up the uh, lactose thing because well I did a bad thing on uh, Friday. I managed to get. Uh, about 16 quarts of eggnog into this building. Oh. And, well, it's like yeah. like an eggnog heist from Smith Brothers. Yeah, yeah. I put Except out the, they were in cahoots. Yeah, I put yeah. out the Twitter call, and they were like, oh, yeah, we can bring some, because they'd done it in the past. And so Taryn was talking about how much she hates eggnog, so I was like, we need eggnog in here, stat. She hates eggnog? Well, that's what she said on the Twitter. It's only 140 characters, so I didn't get into the... Uh, <laughs> well, how many characters did it take for her to say, I hate eggnog? I hate well, she eggnog. said that, but that's there was like no reason. There was no mathematician. She's never mixed it with liquor or something? Maybe or, not. There know. is a serious divide at KISW about eggnog. Eggnog. Like, mm-hmm. it's a very polarizing topic of really? when's the right time to bring eggnog it's into like the facility. It's like Hillary and Trump around here. Oh, it's worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, this, is the, this is the issue that we're actually passionate you about. You don't like eggnog? Punch him in the face. Yeah, grab him by the nog. <laughs> <laughs> no? And Yeah, no. Uh, so, uh, Rev I, is clearly pro-eggnog. Oh, so pro. Like, as soon as it's I'm in. I'm in a nog. As soon Are you as not a nog in, guy? No, I enjoy nog. I used to be on the, the team of it's too early to bring eggnog into the facilities. Like, it should just be seasonal, but when they brought him in and I had a glass of it, I'm like, you know what? I take back everything I've well, ever thought. The season has broadened, though. Yeah. I mean, like, the oh, yeah. seasons have all... It's it's Halloween in July now. Dude, everything is just a big blur. Yep, yep. We're already you know? preparing for Valentine's Day. That's right. You go to the my, wife's, my wife's already pissed because I screwed it up. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. She's already mad. It's not even 2017 yet, and you've already effed it up, Cannon. I'm sorry, baby. I love you. So I've been doing a lot of eggnog in my coffee. So the creamer uh, with that, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Now, are you having doing a lot of it? Bathroom discomfort as a result of your recent choices. Bathroom discomfort. Yet. Here's the thing: Uh, the amount of time that I've, uh, uh, like, the whole morning I've been drinking it, and so right now is about that time. So I'm hoping that I'm not gonna have to leave 
the uh, studio. <laughs> so we'll see how that Why works the out. I say we bring in a bucket and some sawdust. Oh. And to see what happens? Y- well, Your real friends won't look. If I don't have to leave that the studio. That means we have to be his real friends. <laughs> oh, man. I don't yeah. know if I'm in for this. Oh, yeah. you're talking about us. <laughs> yeah, if I don't. We're the only ones in hey, this Ryan, room. don't look. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Ew. We, we could prop bring you me up. a bucket. Well, originally I was going to be like, Rev. Mr. Creosote. Yeah. Oh. Like, Rev, you picked an awful, awful day to do that because, you know, Red the Stripper was supposed to I be know. coming in. Fortunately, I think the emphasis is on the word supposed to. I don't know if she will or won't, but when I last heard from her, it was earlier this morning, and she told me, uh, she, she sent me a tweet that said, I missed my flight by one minute. I booked the next one. It sounds like she's just on a traveling flight? nightmare show. Yeah, yeah. She, was, she coming She from? was down in PDX, the old uh, Portlandia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I follow her on Twitter, and she was uh, showing some uh, pictures from down there and huh. uh, mentioning the She places. was dancing down there. Yes. Awesome. If so you awesome. haven't started following Red the Stripper on Twitter, oh, you're really so missing it. Now she's incorporated Periscope, and she does uh-huh. these live videos of her like in the back room at the strip clubs. Oh, man. Red underscore stripper. It's one of the... Rev, I already heard that one. That was just my coffee cup. That sure. was the mic, dude. Actually, I saw him adjust it. It was the oh, cradle. Okay. I see how it is now. I'm getting ganged up on. All right. You guys are both in cahoots with no, your toots. just wait. Just wait. Cahoots with your toots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to make that into a sex that's, joke. That's way, want to. that's way funnier than it should be. Cahoots with your toots. Cahoots with your toots. That could be the name of this episode. But yeah, she said Seattle, Portland, Seattle, Los Angeles, Vegas. So she did more than just oh, stop. Wow. Oh, wow. Ooh, yeah. And then she was like, I don't know what's happening. I missed my flight and a bunch of other stuff. So I don't foresee her showing. I told her, I'm like, don't even stress about it. It's not like we need you to be here today. We can no. wait till next week. So hopefully next Take week. Take care of We'll figure it out. Plus, we did get a bunch of uh, good tweets. People are asking questions. No voicemails. I'm very disappointed in our rock. Our, I our meant to put up on my social media presences um, the I phone forgot. number to call in. And <laughs> with the, the week I had this past week, um, I didn't get to, man. That's I was, all right. I was spun like a top. So clearly, this was Glenn's fault. Yeah. It is my I fault. I totally forgot, but Glenn, it's clearly your fault. Glenn I'm also distracted her to make her a minute <laughs> late for her flight. She's uh, tied up in the trunk of my car, man. I, I sent that message to you. Yeah. Awkward. <laughs> Give me your phone. I'm going to really, man. To be the you. trunk of my car is huge. It's comfy enough. Oh, nice. Yeah. I can fit at least nine children in there. <laughs> so, anyways, if you got a question for <laughs> Rev, Rev won't make eye contact. Say, he dresses He's just looking away. He paints their faces to make them look like clowns. It's not weird. <laughs> It's just what he does. This season, it's making it worse. Yeah, yes, that's, that's right. right. All right. So anyways, uh, Red hopefully will be on next week. If you got a question for her, just text us or email us or voicemail us. 253-271-4787. got a couple of good ones. So we definitely have some good questions for Red when she does make her triumphant return to the Migs cast. I came across a, a stand-up comedy thing that was being spread on uh, on Facebook about just kind of, I want you guys to hear it. It's funny, first of all. It reminds me of me. Secondly, and also, I think that this is going to like be one of those moments where you realize just how the times have changed and how, you know, we ain't getting any younger. And just, <laughs> okay. Great. Yeah. Thanks. So, so this is just really to So much for everybody. keeping it positive. <laughs> You're <laughs> old. Yeah. So this Deal is just a, a piece of audio to make you realize that we're all going to die. No, it's, uh, it's just about how different <laughs> it was in the 80s as opposed to now. Because back in the 80s, and you'll hear it in this comedy piece, we were all really excited when someone rang our doorbell. Fast forward to 2016. Oh, I've heard this. We all hate it and when someone rings true. our doorbell. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, 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 I trimmed it up. It's, if you find it on Facebook, you should watch the whole thing because it's about five minutes and it's, it's just not only hilarious, but it's just going to make you like, think about how things used to be. So here's that piece. It's a different feeling when your doorbell rings today opposed to 20 years ago, right? 
20 years ago, your doorbell rang. That was a happy moment in your house. It's true. It's called company. You'd be sitting there on a Thursday night watching TV. Your doorbell rang. The whole family shot off the couch. Oh, my God! Put the lights on. Somebody's here. We got people. went to the door the kids were in socks they slid up to the door that was me nobody looked to see who it was now your doorbell rings it's like what the f oh yeah, yeah. Right, your own mother's crawling across the kitchen floor Go get the sword in the living room. Somebody get the sword underneath the couch in the living room. There's a sword. All right, you have to turn and ask your family, you invite anybody over? You invite anybody over. You can't stop by anybody's house anymore. If you do, you have to call from the driveway. Totally. No, you better be further You're away like, from I'm the here. driveway. I'm here, can I approach? The driveway's not enough notice. Yeah. It's me and three other people. We're gonna walk up through this side. Is that your mother with a sword? <laughs> Dude, it's so true. Uh, I remember when being a kid and the doorbell, hey, the doorbell would ring and then whoever rang the doorbell knew they could just walk in then. Like the yeah. doorbell was more of just an announcement that I'm, I'm walking coming in. in. Yeah. Right. My parents, I mean, we had our doors unlocked and it was like, you know, not necessarily like the, the safest area of Brooklyn, but in our world, that, that was our, we thought it was safe as all hell until like, you know, I tell stories and people are like, what? People are shooting things and that and, but you felt safe. Nowadays you don't at all. And I mean, moving down to Tacoma, it's really, first off, it's way more evident because we don't have a security door when i was living in seattle we totally had a security door no one would come to your door they True. would buzz the buzzer and unless i knew that a i was receiving a package or b i knew someone was coming i wasn't answering that little That's phone right. that we had right. um but now with the doors it's stressful because living in a house anyone can just walk up to it and we get we've gotten guys who are trying to sell quote unquote meat like they're just like <laughs> i got some steaks in my trunk do you want to buy some and i'm like no I, and it was the i weirdest. have a foot long hot dog in my pants would you like a bite of meat <laughs> it was freaky because they who's peddling meat a though, dude from his trunk in a weird way it's like well let me see him cut yo you know, like, I was. If, you're, you if you're not the big Schwann's truck, I'm not getting any meat from you. You got that fillet mignon? I might talk to you then. You know? And they came up as some of my other Follette friends Mignon. were coming in, to, like coming up to the door. So they just kind of piggybacked on that, like, "Hey, what's going on?" And I'm like, "No, we're cool." Dude, no, don't worry about if it. If I was a solicitor, because I don't know how people do that now, like the vacuum cleaner sales people. We had another the, one of those, too. Oh. Yeah. If I was one of those people, Sheesh. next Monday would be the only day that I work, because that's the only day that people are opening up their doors, because they expect it's little children in costumes, and I, as a vacuum salesperson, is going to dress up as a ninja turtle and be like, <laughs> trick or treat, and then be like, oh, and by the way, would you like to check out this vacuum Man, cleaner? That's a solid idea. I got yeah. honey-potted by the Kirby people, and I mean honey-potted. Is <laughs> my... my my door, same with you, I've, I've been in apartments for so long that you couldn't get to my door. Yeah. When Tony and I moved into a house, the thought that someone could walk up to my door was a little disconcerting. I'm mm -hmm. agreed. There yeah. is a loaded firearm in my dresser drawer right now just because I was like, man, someone could walk up and look in my window. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to shoot anybody, but... I hmm. home defense. Yeah, you just kind of whoa, wow, you There's can actually not walk much of right a barrier up. between 
bad news and your home that is supposed to be your place of comfort. Middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. man. I mean, so it's anyway, I mean, it, it, it's a unique thing. Like, wow, you can walk right up to my bedroom window now and look in. Yeah. That's it's taken a period of acclimation. Growing up, same thing, man. My dad has always, every house we've been in has had a separate engine shop. It's what I grew up around. Mm-hmm. So I'm used to hearing a strange voice in another part of the house go, hey, Raj. Right. I'm like, uh, dad's not here. Oh, hey, Glenn. I mean, they would just walk <laughs> in, man. And it's still like that now. Yeah. But. So anyway, at my house, we moved into a house as solicitors. They just keep, dude, no, please, leave me alone. Man, I'm here in my under, look at my hair. Do I look like that? No. Just. <laughs> right. So I put up the no soliciting sign. I have the no soliciting sign on my front door. Does that even work? Dude, it seems to have, except this one day, and that's what I'm saying, like, hmm. one time at about Dang, 7 o'clock, my doorbell rang, and literally, my wife and I look at each other, our eyes are huge. One of the two of us says, what the F? Right. And I get up like, <laughs> who is at my door? You know, like, leave me alone. I'm busy enough when I'm here. Just leave me alone. But, mister, I have cookies. This oh, and some teach you. They won't find your body. I got a big yard. But I opened the door. And, oh, it's, <laughs> I had it's, a big trunk. You know, FedEx came, and it was my power tubes, and I was happy. And they even uh-huh. put up a post about that. But So, anyway, I got honeypotted by the Kirby folk. Good <laughs> ding-dong. Who? What? What? I get up, I go to the door, and there is this gorgeous, I'm going to say maybe 17 to 18-year-old girl, long, sandy blonde hair. She's wearing yoga pants. Oh my God. She's wearing a there's t-shirt a that's point. cut off just below her breasts, exposing her entire midriff. No. I'm not lying. No. This isn't even an exaggeration, brother. And I'm like, uh, hi. Whatever you're selling, I'm buying. Yeah, right. And Show me I'm, your ID you first. Know, so I, I have a storm <laughs> door. I have my big wood door. Yeah, you had. That, and door. So, yeah, I had. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you open that, and then there's a storm door, and, and you crack the storm door to be polite. And the storm door has a large chrome silence that says no soliciting. Yeah. And she starts into her, her spiel. Hi, I'm with Kirby Vacuum. It's our 30 year, 30 year anniversary. And the whole time I'm looking at her, I keep kind of glancing. I keep Eyes glancing back down at the no soliciting sign. Like I'm looking at her and I'm looking at the sign and I'm looking at her <laughs> like, honey, you're adorable. But you can't read. But can you read? <laughs> you know, beautiful. Are you lysdexic? Is that the problem? What are we discussing here? And she gets into the look. I'm just trying to win this trip, and if if I win the trip, I can go to Hawaii. I'm like, oh man, you know, I, you know, I'm I'm cutting an ounce of cocaine in the back right now. It's really not a good time, um, you I got know. The cartels on me. Do yeah, you really want to be like, here at this right. point the, in time? The guy with you yeah. is he's showing up in 20 minutes, hon. You're really yeah. at the wrong house. I've got deadlines. You know, yeah. So, but she's like, look. I'm just trying to win this contest, and if you'll, I have a little dust because I have hardwood floors, right? Mm-hmm. I have a little dust off mat uh, yeah. right in front of my door because I have hardwood floors. And she's like, "If I could just come and vacuum that, I can mark this house off." And I'm just trying to win this trip to Hawaii, and I'm like, "Man, who's watching her though? Why can't you just lie?" It gets better because she, she's smoking hot, and I'm like, "Is this going to be a penthouse for him?" I never knew this was no, gonna happen. no, 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 no. I was hoping. So I'm like, man, all right, I will let this little teenage hottie who totally disregarded my sign vacuum my front doormat so she can go to Hawaii. Why not? Right. Right. Yeah, cool. Let her clean up your hardwood. So, okay, darling. So she's like, oh, thank you so much. And, and off she dashes. And, you know, that was even watching her walk away was really nice. I mean, honey potted to the nines. Mm-hmm. 
About five minutes pass, and I'm wondering where she is. Oh, no. <laughs> a separate vehicle pulls up. Jesus. Hi, this is Chris Hansen three with Dateline NBC. Dude. Would you like some lemonade? No. Three guys get out. Three guys in suits oh, yeah. get out. The bouncer. And they are carrying boxes. No. And they show up, and they're like, hey, man, we're here for the Kirby demo. I'm like, uh... All right, man. Um, no. Yeah. At that point, Come you're on like, no, in. No, you I'm like, shut it down, shut it down. I thought shut it she. Down. What happened to the girl that. Uh, That's my uh, daughter, you sick ass. Dude. <laughs> I had three guys in my house faster than you could say, what's happening to me? They're, the guy's talking a. He's good at this. He's talking a mile a minute, Mach 7. Yeah, because he knows he only and has like point, three minutes to no, get that at that point, I'm like, man, these guys are in the house. I'm like, dude, no joke. The belt, my vacuum cleaner started chewing up belts about a month ago. I haven't had the cash to replace it yet. So I tell you what, my cat that sheds a lot, loves the office, go to town, bro. I'm like, that thing <laughs> That thing will carpet scrub too? Oh, yeah. You want to demo on that? Yep. Go for it, buddy. You're in. <laughs> so go ahead, have a ball in that office right. that is, you know, cat hair death. Yes. That's where we, people with allergies, we put them in there to, to interrogate them. <laughs> Rude. So I turned him loose in there. And he did a I great job. Glenn just totally turned the flip the script. <laughs> oh, I know he's and, like got them to clean his me. house. Well, yeah, you're yeah, in, dude. House. You're already in. I might as well get the reach around. Hey, you know what hey, I mean, dude? Right, yeah. You're already in. Give me the reach around. Let's do this. You know hey, what I mean? Does Kirby clean my dishes too? So, Try, dude. Johnny comes home and she's like, "Why is there a vacuum? There's it's two like men of them. in black in there. Why are there vacuum cleaner associates in my goddamn house right now? You know, I'm like, oh, baby. And he showed up and I got honey potted. There was a. What do you mean got honey potted? Oh God, this little girl. Girl showed up. She was half naked. I was just trying to get her to Hawaii, you know. And uh, Calvin Yuma, my uh, dear old friend, oh, yeah. Calvin Yuma, his wife. You remember him from Tempercast? Yeah, Tem- Tempercast and uh, his, Atomic yeah, Outlaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yes. So his wife Stephanie had come up because she was going to have drinks with Tawny. So now Tawny and Stephanie are having drinks, and and Stephanie's pretty much like goading the Kirby guys. Like, you know, my husband did that for a while. You know, costing those machines is only about six hundred bucks. Like Stephanie's just having a ball with these guys. Oh, that is so awesome. <laughs> but seriously, it got to a point where my wife was like, "Hun, listen." You need to wrap this up. And I'm like, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> she's she's like, no, I'm telling you, they've been here almost two hours. I've got company over. Holy crap. You need to get oh. them out of our house. I thought she meant like put a condom on. And like, oh, she's like, yeah, go bro, out. And, bro. I'm and I mean, they're like, hey, guys, look, you really got to wrap this up. And then he's like, well, I can cut you a deal. I can work your price. I'm like, brother, I, just, I told you when you walked in here that I cannot afford the machine. You still wanted to demo it. I turned you loose in here because I'm, you know, kind of. Kind of a bastard. <laughs> so, thanks for all I'm you've a done. Really I was trying to find a word I didn't think you'd have to censor. Yeah, but anyway, Good job. could you say dick? Yeah. That is, the, and all of this circles back to that. When wow. my doorbell rings, it, I have Panic. my, my yeah, neighbors, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anthony and Lori. I love Anthony and Lori, and they will pop over from time to time. And I'm always like, what? The and I open the door, and I'm like. And I wonder if they can see me decompress. Like, oh hey, right, yeah. But otherwise, safe. And I am a nice guy. Don't show up at my house. And anyone that knows me well knows that. Hey, man, I'm going to head down to Glenn's. You better call him. Cause it's a fair thing to do. He'll let you in. He'll make you a cup of coffee. But he's going to be he's gonna be pissed off. A heads up. That's I just I, I work so much, and I'm so spun with the band. And my, I, I just, if I was sitting around the house all the time, yeah, come on by, have a beer. My time at home is precious 
valuable time. And if you interrupt it, man, not cool. Dude, what? I remember one time I not had cool. uh, I had uh, the na- these neighbors that don't live there anymore. I had uh, two different neighbors. One would always, he was a nice guy, but it was like, he would ring our doorbell and it would just be like, what do you want? And I would give him that look and he would just, it wouldn't pick up on it. He'd just keep talking to me. And I'm like, do you not realize I'm not inviting you into my house? My neighbor on the other side's like that. And then we had another person they came over once, knocked on the door. Their kid was trying to sell something stupid, like Girl Scout cookies or something, right? So I answered the door because I saw her face, the little kid. I'm like, all right, don't want to be rude. It's my, our neighbor. They can see in. They see me sitting there. <laughs> and it's a little kid. Right. So yeah, I, I mean, open up the door, and yeah. I'm like, and I'm in my boxer. Like, not what? boxers, in my pajama bottoms. <laughs> he pulls okay, the okay. flap yeah. open intentionally. What can I do for you, little girl? You'll never want to come by yeah. here again. You selling tea bags? I got tea bags. <laughs> this is Snuffleupagus. Say hi. Yeah. So anyway. I open up the door and the kid just barrels in to go play with my dog. No! And I'm like, what the F? <laughs> no! Stop! This is the same kid. She would like, when we'd pull into our garage, she would like ride her bicycle and come in and just ask me a million questions about the color of my car and why I got a blue car. That's and amazing. It's like, oh, Am man. I talking to an idiot? I keep telling you the same answer. When is it going to register? Oh, wait. No, you're just doing this. I want to get you off. one of those like misting spray bottles so you can do it like a cat. Oh, oh yeah. So she comes in, you just we got. We got the law, man. That's what we call it. It has the law written on it. He respects it. That's right, Judge Dredd. Stupid car. You are the law. I have the law. I had a cat that would figure out the range of the law. That's funny. So I upgraded to the air horn. Now, the air horn was extremely. Extraordinarily effective, except in the middle of the night, like 4 a.m., I'd be like, baby, I'm going to use the air horn. She went, honey, honey, I'm going to zap the cat. Baby, you hear me? Yes, I hear you. And then, and my wife would jump out of it. What's wrong with you? Yeah, dude, but the air... Yeah, I warned you. Yeah, the, the air horn is the, you know, non, non-moistened... You and I have, an, I have a vacuum cleaner that wants to be sold to us. But dude, that cat would run out of the room. Yeah, it's a friggin' air horn. And then it would come back in later to, and approach me like, did you hear that, Dad? My God, what was that? I'd be like, I don't know, kitty. I don't know, but I love you. Please don't claw out the window at 4 a.m. I don't know what that was, but it was terrible. That really pissed Mom off. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> God bless Tony, man. So funny. She would fly out of bed, punching me in the spine. You know what's wrong with you? You kind of deserve for that one. Well, I'd be like, I told you I was gonna do it. I was you asleep. asleep. You can't you tell a sleeping person anything. You can't tell a sleeping person anything. That's not even on them at that point. He's gonna have to come over to my house and counsel, counsel me on how to save my marriage. <laughs> Apparently, I'm not good at this, man. The only time I ever had to deal with someone ringing the doorbell and they never, they didn't get the hint. They kept ringing and ringing and ringing the doorbell, and finally, I'm like, I am, I've had it. I get up close to the door and I'm like. We're busy. And the guy's like, I'm not going to stop ringing the doorbell. That's funny. And I'm like, That's messed up. I'm like, Oh, all right. See, that's when you brandish a firearm and just say, Dude, look. Uh, I look at my wife. I got like, fired today and my wife's divorcing me. Do you really want to be the thing? Do you want to be the thing, bruh? Well, and I, was like, know, I not, looked at my wife. I'm like, Just, just a scare him. I'm like, The Billy Club. Because we have a the Billy Club. Billy Club. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Like a Daredevil Billy Club? Or is like it like a, a police? baton? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm like, You can like, he like, like flick it out and stretch it out, sort of thing. I have one it? of those, but I'm talking about just a straight up baton. Like, wow. a wood. Okay, the thing that has nice. the handle and yeah. the, the thing. Wow. Do you go to the door with it? Did you go to the door with it? No, I told her to grab it just in case and so the guy's like I, I just need to talk to you I'm like what the F is, is my this? house on fire <laughs> right so I open up the door I'm like hey man now it's not a good time he's like I need to talk to you I'm a repo man I'm here for your car oh oh I'm like oh well let's talk <laughs> well that's totally and different and he's armed <laughs> and I'm like why are you here for my car he goes well you missed a payment I'm like, no, I haven't. He goes, One payment and they showed up? Here's the thing. Who did you buy that car from, Satan? This is like, uh, <laughs> I might as well have. I bought the car. Oh, dude. 
And I was doing the monthly payments, and there was like a weird glitch when like something happened with my banking, where apparently for one month it didn't send the payment. I had no idea. Oh, you had it set up to auto pay, right? Gotcha. So every month it's paying, and he shows me the record. He goes, "Look here," and, and he shows me the records that they sent the, the finance company, and it's showing paid, 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 paid. Missed the payment in January. Here it is, like July, and it's and he's like, "Well, you missed that payment, so I got to repossess your car." But he paid in February and March. Yeah. What? So in my head, I'm like. Okay, I'll fix this. Let me call them and I'll pay it right now. It's not like I'm, I have the money to pay it. It's One not payment. And I'm like, but is this not weird? Wouldn't February's then become January's? Wouldn't then March become February and so on and so forth? Like, wouldn't it keep being pushed back if and you, I keep being a month late? Paid, if yeah. you hadn't paid for six months. Right. Yeah. But you missed one payment and then continued payments? <laughs> right. Every wow. month on the exact day. Who did date. you buy this car from? <laughs> <laughs> I could tell. Did he have horns? Well, Did he look like John Lovitz? Might as well have. John yeah. Lovitz. <laughs> he looks was, like John Lovitz now. No, uh, it was John Lovitz, actually. It's been tough for him. Comedy hasn't been working out. It's selling cars. Went to a weird financing company. So anyways, I'm on now the phone. And of course he shows up at like, well, he showed up at probably 5.40, but it took about six minutes of him ringing the doorbell for me to answer. So it was like 5.45-ish. At least he rang the bell. You could have walked out and found your car being drug away. Well, here's the thing. My car is in my garage. So oh. he's like, well, he's like, if you can't get a hold of them, I need to have access to your car. I'm like, no. no. And I look and I go, that's not going to happen. Yeah, he negative. Goes, he's like, no, I need to take your car, whether you want me to or not. I'm like, look, if I do not get a hold of them tonight, I'm closing this door. I'm locking my door. And if you continue to bother I'm me, calling I'm cops. calling the cops. Yeah. And he's like, well, I need to get that car. I'm like, if you touch my garage, I'm, I'm calling, calling the, the cops. cops. Like, you are not getting my car. And also, sir, do you realize how stupid this is? Yeah. I've been paying for pretty much a year on time, all the time. Somehow I missed That's one payment. Crazy. I have no idea how I missed that payment. I found out later on how. And but, the, but and continued I, payments in good faith thereafter. Right. That's insane. Oh, my mind was blown. And I'm shaking. I'm pissed. I'm trying to get a I hold of them. bet. Thank God the, 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 the credit union that I dealt with, this wasn't BECU, but it's a credit union around here. I got a hold of them, and then they're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, here's my information. Everything's paid off. I'm like, are we good? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, I need you to talk to a person and tell him that. Because there's like, a guy here right. to take my call. Yeah, just, so I hand oh. the phone over to him, and I go, here, talk to her. He's like, all right, all right, all right. And then he hangs up the phone, and he looks at me and goes, between you and me, I also thought it was really weird. I'm like, thank you. Well, at least you agree that this is stupid. But even then, why not say, hey, man, look. I get this is weird. This is a little messed up, and I'm yeah. sorry I had to power ring your doorbell. Yeah. Here's the situation. And I've been dispatched here under the most ludicrous circumstances ever. But I, have but I do have do. a job to do. So let's you and me right now work this out. And yep. at that point, you have the opportunity to be cool or not be cool. And that's when but I challenge him to an Indian being... leg wrestle. <laughs> yeah. And I kick his ass. Yeah, what the, what's going on over to look across in the street? Don't send the girl over there to play with the dog no more. Yeah. <laughs> the, weird, the weird thing <laughs> about... Nick just wants to Indian leg wrestle everybody. He's hoping for this cute vacuum cleaner saleswoman to come by. You the, just, no, the honey pot, because you don't get her. No. I, you don't get her. No. No, it's just like it's the back page from our ads. She split and that van came up and I was like, you've got to be kidding, not man. Not as pictured. Right. Dude. Yeah, honey, a total honey pot. Uh, I just love how they do that. 
Like I, I didn't mean, know. I mean, it was really uncool. Right. Well, duped now him. you know. Full but, on yeah. duped you. That's I mean, why you thing. would open up the door. Do they? Did they come and peek in the window? Like, if my wife had been home and not me, would they have sent some half naked dude? Like, hey, listen, I just want to vacuum your mat. Ha ha ha. No. I mean, I think at that point, a seventeen-year-old or eighteen-year-old girl is non-threatening in every way. You're going to answer that door. Right. Because- I don't know what kind of movies you're not watching, but I've seen some movies where they're very threatening. <laughs> I've, I've lived mm. some experiences where they're extraordinarily <laughs> threatening. Oh, my. Apparently, I'm living in a different world than both of you. Oh Let's just my. say I used to live in Maryland. I moved here. <laughs> <laughs> the East Coast frightens All me in general. All my exes so. are really far away. <laughs> Dude, it's funny we talk about all this because I, I, I came across, uh, going back to the doorbell and just how times have changed. I saw this story, and it's uh, facts about TV shows that will make you feel old as F. Oh, no. Great. What are you picking on us today? I know. I like talking well, Glenn about looks things. like he might have gotten some rest. Let's destroy his self-esteem. Let's make him feel old. That's the spirit. Here's a good one. Remember Courtney Cox from Friends? Yeah, I do. Yeah. She's currently the same age that Rue McClanahan was when she started on The Golden Girls. What if they did a Friends reboot with just as the Golden as Girls? As the Golden Girls is Courtney, but still just keep hot? them the names. Just keep like all of the Friends and just have the the the, the Golden Girls, like Phoebe and, and yeah. yeah, I love that idea. That'd be great. It's like Jennifer Aniston is still really oh, sexy. How is, is that possible that she she is like? But Courtney Cox, plastic. the last time I remember seeing Courtney Cox was she had a bit part in the. Adam Sandler remake of The Longest Yard. Mm. Yep. And she is wearing a skin tight kind of hot. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, really? My. Oh, yeah. She's in the movie for about three minutes, but she's wearing a skin tight silk satin. I let her demo a vacuum cleaner at my house in that outfit. (laughs) Dude. Bet I can find that online. I'd surrender the reach around and just, yep, just just ruin me. Fine. (laughs) Just go for it. You're already in the house. Let's do it, Courtney. And this, well, Actually, I'm probably making myself. T- that how long ago? Yeah, that how old are you now? Was that ten years? No, I'm not gonna it's say been my a while. age. It's been a while. I'm like, uh, I'm all. I'm thirty. Yeah, you always thirty. Not thirty-ish. You're like Ricker. Thirty-ish. That's right. Yeah, Rick put on a little thirty. For Chad Kroger from Nickelback's <laughs> been thirty since 1986. You know, Ivan from Five Finger, thirty years old. That's right. Always, <laughs> dude. Nowadays, it seems like that mattered. When when we were kids, did we even ever care what, how old the rock stars that we grew up? No. I don't like. You know what I mean? I don't think no. they care now. Actually, they, I mean, maybe that's just something that like we have imposed on ourselves to think that they do. I was t- I was talking to. Um, God, I can't remember her name. Um, but Old she age. was talking about Daryl. <laughs> well played. She was talking about Daryl from The Walking Dead, and then the dude that played the comedian is now a villain on The Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah, yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And she's like, oh, God. Oh, and I'm like, okay, you look at that dude, man. Look at George Clooney, actually. Let's let's look at that. Let's go, oh, let's go back 15 years to ER. Clooney was... Every 17-year-old goes, oh, George Clooney, guy's yep. 50. Yeah. You know, and George is like, this is creeping a bit, but I'll roll. <laughs> you know, so I don't think it matters anymore. I think as... Time has passed. Yeah, I think the gap has widened. Yeah, that's and, what old people say. I know, of course it is. Well, my <laughs> weird, my weird theory is the industry is so ugly now that it takes six times as long to get anywhere. So by the time you're famous, you're old. Because there's no way to succeed when you're young unless you're, you know, what was Ozzy's kid's name? Jack. Not Jack. I think Jack went into the industry. It was the, Amy. the girl. Amy. There's Amy and Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. She's like, well, man, I'd like to be a pop star. I'm like, oh, very well. Oh, yeah, we'll yeah, make yeah. your first gig, the MTV Music Awards. Right. Everyone else had to play clubs and get spit on. She played, whatever. Well, yeah. No offense, Kelly, if you're out there, I love you. <laughs> She's a big fan of this podcast. She's a true cool. Titanic douche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but how about this? Bart Simpson, if he aged like a real person, he'd be 37 years old today. Jeez. Tommy Pickles would be 26. <laughs> 
Who's Tommy Pickles? I have no idea. Rugrats. Oh, there we go. Yeah, the main character. The little baby? Yeah, the baby. Oh, like literally just wearing the, the blue t-shirt and the diaper. Uh, my my kid, my kids, Jesus, no, not my kids, my brother and sister, which are 10 and 11 years younger than me, uh, I help, you know, help them raise and stuff like that. They uh, watch that, like all the Nickelodeon shows, so... I'm well in tune with that in the uh-huh. Disney movies. How about this one, Rev? <laughs> Will Smith is now older than Uncle Phil on The Fresh Prince. Wow. I never watched The Fresh Prince. You never watched The Fresh Prince? No. One of the greatest the television shows you, ever. Uh, really? What the hell did you do in the 90s? But uh, probably Mushrooms a lot cooler stuff. Acid. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't watching, watching The TV. Fresh Prince. Let's just say that. <laughs> Try it on acid. It I might had be some awesome. buddies, a good, really good friend of mine, used to religiously watch Friends with his girlfriend at the time. Um, you know, CTV. While I was out doing things. I, I was under police surveillance in the early 90s, and that's not a joke. So serious. Honestly, it. it was a small town, and for nothing, man, for nothing. That's but what they all say. One of my roommates, uncle. It was nothing, you know, just like <laughs> stealing cars, setting just fire to stuff. nine infants one, one in my of, trunk of my car, paying yeah. them up as clowns. And <laughs> one of my roommates, uncles, was a state <laughs> cop. And we all, a bunch of us worked together at a restaurant. I'm not going to say any names. I'm trying to keep this as vague as possible. But he showed up to work and he's like, I need to show you guys something. Want to see a dead And he body. had the surveillance photos of us. Oh. Not only in and around the workplace, but the bars we were hanging out at and the house we were living out of. Eey. And so we pro- we packed up all our stuff and we moved out to Mount Savage, Maryland. We moved out to Mount Savage just below Frostburg. We got out of town. That is not a joke. That is a true story that happened to me in about 1993, 4, 1994, under yeah. police surveillance. Now, I want to say again. Are you still wanted in that town? No. Well, they know me. <laughs> but at the time, man, we weren't doing anything. We were drinking and doing drugs, okay? Right. Just a couple good old boys. We were drinking and doing drugs. We weren't hurting anybody, but at the time... That was a bit much for that part of the world. That part of the world has changed now. What me and my buddies did back then was uber mild compared to... I was going to say, it's probably encouraged now. Nah, Uh, well... Come on in, do some acid. Baltimore, let's just say Baltimore crept west, and so you, you know, now you have, oh, so-and-so OD'd on heroin going on in my hometown now, which is a real drag. Yeah, absolutely. Small towns especially. I mean, big towns too, but you know, small towns, it's home more. Small town, maybe 30, 40, 50,000, right? But yeah. So, uh, East Coast small town is a lot different, I learned, from what, because I kept telling my wife, I grew up in a really small town, then I went to Cave Junction, Oregon, where she grew up, where they have a stoplight, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, there's like 2,300 people here. You grew up in a small town. My town yeah. was a burgeoning metropolis, by comparison. I remember <laughs> next had uh, her family had a cabin in, in, in uh, the San Juans in Decatur. And I was like, oh, cool, this is going to be awesome, like a small island. And I'm still thinking it's going to have like a charm to it, like, you know, shops and things and that. We get there and they're like, and I'm looking around, I'm like, well, is, wh- where's like the police and fire station? Oh, we don't have any of those. No. I'm like, whoa, this is really a small town. This you don't have a rural. fire department? Yeah. Like, what happens if things get catch on fire? It burns. We hope it doesn't spread. I'm like, all right. Well, I don't want to live here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Not yeah. that I'm planning on See, setting that's, things that's on fire. Small but town. Man. That's a like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know. Like, Via Tony grew up over on Vashon, and mm-hmm. I used, to, oh, I came from this tiny little town in Maryland to this tiny little town. I get to Vashon, I'm like. Again, I came from a burgeoning metropolis in Western yeah. Maryland. You I came from the big mean? city. When yeah. I, when I was younger, yeah. I lived in a town called Roy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's it's a little bit... It's, I know you live in Roy. Yeah, yeah. In uh, uh, the... 
if you've ever been to the Roy Rodeo, the how the gigantic house right next to it where my where my step grandparents, uh, he was a longshoreman, so he was Roy small, itty bitty, one street, basically it was Whoa, one one yeah. thoroughfare, <laughs> and then like basically just kind of like trailer park houses everywhere else. Why don't they call the Roy Rodeo the Roydeo? <laughs> Sorry. Really good point. Well, there was Roy Rogers jokes. He could he could have gone there with it. Uh, there was a the next door is the town of Rob. <laughs> you know, just I was like, shut up, Glenn. Listen, shut up and listen. Shut <laughs> yeah, up and listen. Your Steve. friend is talking. Shut up and listen. <laughs> My head is going. Say something stupid. Say something stupid. And you did. Congratulations. Thank oh, you. he made Sorry. a Roy joke. Back to the Roy So right? it's all aging and anal today. <laughs> aging and anal. So what's next on the old list? Come on, buddy. Feed me. All right, we got one more thing. <laughs> from another title. I got one thing I wanted to bring up. I meant to bring it up on the movie didn't make show. We ran out of time, and I just wanted to share this. Uh, you know, we're all we all love watching the Seahawks cheer for the team. Things are great. Mm-hmm. Whenever things don't go all that well, it's very interesting to see just how things implode on Facebook. Because oh, there are some people that do. I don't really know if they're. I don't know if they know how to a chew while they eat. Tie their shoes, breathe unless someone tells them to. Read a no soliciting sign. <laughs> right, it's unbelievable. Some of the theories that people have now. Granted, this is from last week, so I don't have anything stupid. Although I'm sure there's plenty of stupid things that were discussed uh, after the three or six six tie. Oh my gosh, that was a weird game. But this is after the game that happened against the Atlanta Falcons, where we won. We won, but a lot of people outside of. Seattle, Washington, and outside of Seahawk fans are upset because they thought there was a blatant pass interference play by Richard mm-hmm. Sherman where he grabbed Julio Jones' arm on that Hail Mary. There's a lot of... Look, we can argue left and right about that. You know, Obviously, I guess if you were going to stand by the letter of the law of the certain penalties, yeah, it would have made sense to call it, but the way that the refs were calling that whole game, it made sense that they didn't call it because they kind of just let the players play. Well, somebody had a theory on Facebook that I just thought was downright hilarious, so much oh, so that I geez. screen-saved it and I wanted to share it with you guys. Right on. His name is Jerry. He's a 49ers fan because, of course, I clicked on his page just to see what this guy was all about. Because I genuinely didn't think this guy was real. I was like, this guy cannot <laughs> be real. Troll. He is so stupid, he can't be a real human being. Oh, man. And this, this is, is what the best. This, this we're going to post a link to this podcast <laughs> on his page, by we the way. Should. Go right ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so Jerry writes, and this is his reason why he felt that Richard Sherman was able to get away with murder mm. in that game against the Atlanta Falcons. Well, Seahawk is in Seattle. Seattle is in Washington. White House is in Washington. Oh, no. <laughs> what? District of what? Never mind. I don't know. I just... President leaves. I think he meant lives. President leaves in the White House in Washington. And we wonder why Seattle, as he called them, the pooples, but he used the, the S word, the Seattle pooples always gets favored and get away with a lot of stuff. This is an actual theory that somebody had. That was almost a sentence. Mm-hmm. God. Seahawk is in Seattle. Seattle is in Washington. White House is in Washington. Here's, here's President the leaves in Washington. Uh, this is what I want to throw out there, and I don't, I don't want to, because it, it's such a tightrope that you have to walk as a, as, a, as a culture, as a civilization, but this individual is allowed to breed. Yes. This individual is allowed, allowed to operate a motor vehicle. Encouraged. Dude. That terif- this person can go to Walmart and purchase a firearm. Mm-hmm. This scares the bejesus out of me. Yep. It's, I mean, really. It's he old, might have four kids. He right probably now. doesn't probably have to go to a does. fertility doctor to see if his <laughs> works. He's, he's hand-knitting their clan uniforms now. Not I that mean, I'm bitter. These people are out there, and they scare... You want to know what scares me the most is, is just pure ignorance. Yeah. 
willful, See, that's terrifying. willful a lot of Bef- the times. Before Dude. social media, we had no idea that people were as crazy as they are. Oh, Thanks to social you could media. go for a drive in certain areas and be like, all right. But, but you didn't point. realize how many of them were. Okay, that's yeah. true. It's that's not true. As, as easily noticeable. Not as accessible. But yeah, like in one day, maybe you'll drive by three or four crazies. You spend five minutes on Facebook, you're going to find 15 to 20 insane people that have ideas and theories like this idiot. I've been going through the Facebook purge lately, and it's been that if you say something that is just really dumb, delete, bump, gone. <laughs> yeah, like I went through it, the first one. It was just like I just unfollow people. Like, I, I just if it, they incessantly talk about politics, I don't care if it's for Hillary or if it's Trump. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't, don't want to read it. I just want that to be over. I don't know why. I'm yeah. honestly two weeks, just, two I'm weeks. tired of seeing Americans so hateful towards other Americans. Man, that's more than anything else. And I, I think I've mentioned this on the, on the cast before. Like I've got my belief and my opinion. And my, my opinion is my opinion. It is not truth. People tend to forget that. Your mm-hmm. opinion is your opinion, not truth. Big difference. Um, but yeah, 10-foot pole, not going near it. And at this point, I just want it to be over. So that maybe six to eight months down the road from now, the healing can begin. Because no matter which way this vote goes, there's going to be huge fallout afterwards. It's going to be dirty. I would just like to see America as a country again. That'd be cool. We got enough problems anyway. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of starvation and hatred and violence and poverty, and we got some things we need to sort out. Oh, I just want this to be in the past, man. Here's, I'm just <laughs> you know, that I just want it to be in the past. This is just the beginning of what's going to continue to tear our country apart. Well, I genuinely don't think it's going to stop after November 8th or November 28th, according to Donald Trump or whatever <laughs> it was. I think that that's just going to be the kickoff to a serious you're not wrong. internal wrong. war amongst half of this country and the other well, half of this country. country this, this country, not its people per se, because you can't contr- control that, but our political process has been in need of serious review and, and revolution for some time. That's my opinion. There's way too much money and influence and power and influence involved in politics. And it's not a government of the people, for the people, by the people anymore. And it hasn't been for a long time. Right. It's a government of the uber rich for the working class and poor. It's dysfunctional as hell. And I say this as a man, I hate to use the word patriot, because even that can get ugly. I love America. I love Americans. I would die for my neighbor down the street. I remember going on that rant in an earlier podcast, man. I'm right. v- I'm very much about the American people. Just I love knock on my door, dude. It's a cu- yeah. Don't don't come by my well, house or give anything. Give me a five minute warning. It's a, it's a cultural <laughs> melting pot, and 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 I think it should be, and it's part of what makes us beautiful. And it's like, well, I hate mm-hmm. Americans. It's like, what's an American look like? What's an American sound like? You know, I, that's what this is supposed to be, and I just it's broken and. This might be the beginning of the ugly growing pains that lead to a resolution. I was going to, I'm glad you, you brought up growing pains because I think that's where it is. We're in a really weird spot as a society because for such a long time, it's always been about the manifest destiny and go and, you know, conquer and do whatever. And now it's getting to that point with all of the globalization. Everyone is like freaking out about small things. Because it's that turning point in civilization and the way that everyone is supposed to think and the old ways that people think before aren't jiving with the new with the new ways. Exactly. And especially with uh, the way of with like Facebook. Everyone can see what you're posting and right. what you're talking about. Yeah. And there will always be somebody who gets offended by that. And someone's like, well, I used to be able to say that X amount of years ago. And it's like. Sure, yeah, when you were talking with your buddies. Don't post it on Facebook when it's there forever. People forget, like we had talked about on an earlier podcast too, is you get on, you make a post, 
uh, Tony, my guitarist, mm-hmm. put it the best. He's like, if you were put on stage in front of a sold out key arena and handed a microphone, what would you say? And every time you post on Facebook, it's, I'm that's, really high on acid. Well, yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but but that's that's what you're doing. Every time you put up a post, you're saying something to three, four, five thousand people. Show me your boobies, and, it takes, and they can repost. And it takes one person. To say, I'm offended by that, I'm going to screenshot that, and I'm going to send it everywhere. Because I have social justice. Yeah. Exactly. I'm a superhero. And people feel like it is their duty. It's their duty to do that. If I'm on stage, I really do want to see your boobies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Totally, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. please. But you're you're seeing the division. You're you're really, (laughs) it's it's being shoved in all of our faces. You're seeing just how divided culturally this country is and just you have the old belief systems versus the new belief systems mm-hmm. and that's what i'm saying is it, this is a very chaotic time but i think i think what we're beginning to see is what what's and i don't know what's coming and it'll probably get worse before it gets better and this breaks my heart but i think we're beginning to see that ugly growing pain that's going to result in the change that may not be felt for 30 to 40 years in this country but i think it's happening now i think rome is falling now Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hope that it'll be a quick and dirty thing. I don't think it will be. I, I, I just wish It's so that hard to say, you know? If, if anything, I could say, like, and, and look, obviously, we're just two, three idiots in the room. Mm-hmm. I mean, totally. Yeah, yeah, but we're people idiot. that are exposed no, to this every day, no, though. But I mean, I, I, I just wish that we could get to a point where we're a little bit more empathetic to what people are saying. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of times where people yeah. have certain feelings about something. Hear them out. I mean, obviously not hate-based stuff. I'm talking about stuff that's like, I'm worried about society. I'm worried about certain races. I'm worried about certain opinions. But we're so quick to be like, well, if you care about that, that yeah. means you don't care about that. And it's yeah. like, that's not how life is. We can be empathetic about a certain cause. It doesn't mean we that we don't care about other causes. And I thought about this yesterday because I went to Lowe's. This is a very odd reason. I, I totally forgot about this until right now when we're Ooh. talking about it. And I was going to post this picture. I probably still will because I thought it was awesome. But in the back of my head, all I thought was the people who have zero sense of empathy that would be like, well, if we're going to show honor to those people, why don't we also show honor to these people? (sighs) Mm -hmm. So I go to Lowe's, I park, and I notice that there's a bunch of spots in the front of Lowe's parking lot that aren't for handicapped, but for other people. And there's a big sign. So I get a little bit closer to it. And the sign, it's a picture of the American flag, and it says, veteran parking only, and then under it, thank you for your service. That's dope. Thank that you. That is dope. I had yeah. goosebumps when I saw Absolutely, it. Absolutely, I mean, that, that's the picture right there. And then the very- That is killer. The closest spot was for nice. anyone who's had a purple medal. Uh, so you wounded, purple heart. Yes, that's what I meant. Wounded heart. in combat, park in the store. You pretty yeah. much- Come on in. Yeah, you know what? We'll wheel out the freaking- That's how it should be. Honestly, regarding our taxation- I pay all those tax, all those all that money in taxes. Way too much in taxes, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I don't see schools getting better, roads getting better. A big mess. Right. Vets to me should be set for life. If you serve in combat, yep. you know what I mean. Like yep. if you go overseas and you have to serve in a combat situation, you should never have to worry about a guaranteed bill again. income for the rest of your life. Period. Free health insurance for the rest of your life. Period. Just done. Yeah. And I'm not even talking a lot. Like, listen, and you can park close at you know, it's, yeah. it's 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 four grand a yeah. month or whatever. It's enough that you can pay a mortgage and eat. When you hear that Home Depot, you're on notice. But oh, no doubt, <laughs> man. But no, no, no. That's that to me. Like, if that's one of the, th- the changes that's happening in this country right now, then that's a change for the best. I'll be. I, I honestly any, saw dude, that, and I had so much killer. respect for Lowe's, whoever's in charge at Lowe's. But all I thought, and this is just the world that we're in now. You post something like that, and I, and again, 
I don't think there's anything wrong with the post of being like, hey, I think this is awesome. Props to Lowe's. You want the utmost respect for what you're doing. There's going to be somebody out there. Oh, what about the guys who get hurt on a uh, car wreck and why can't they come? Whatever it is. Yeah. So what? Just because you, you know, the the, the military is flawed or this or that. It's like, ah, why can't we be empathetic? Why can't we just see that and be like, you know what? There's people who have gone through some crap and if. If this little gesture by Lowe's can make them feel better about the crap that they've been through in their life, awesome. I I, I am okay with parking further. But there's going to be idiots out there well, that are going to complain about something like you this. Know, I yeah. know there are. It's, it's one of those things where the people that, that lash out against the military and soldiers, they're lashing out about our government's misuse of the United States military. Okay? And I'm saying that very yeah. carefully. Yeah. But, you know, there's there's oil and monies to be considered. There's trade to be considered. But that has nothing to do with a 19-year-old kid that got shot at for a year. Because mm-hmm. he's so, just trying to get scholarship so you to go need to school. To, exactly, man. It, mm, that's real close to my heart, man. It, I don't care what they're fighting for. Well, they're fighting for our freedom. No, they're not. They're fighting for oil. Well, I hate you. It has nothing to do with a 19-year-old kid that got shot at for a year. The 19-year-old kid that watched his buddy get his legs blown off. And that. That is what we need to protect. That is what we need to look out for. That is what we need to cherish and champion. Whether you see it as fighting for freedom or fighting for oil or whatever you want to see it as, to me, it's not the point. There's human this, beings this that are putting their lives that on the line. They yeah. gave yeah. their time. They gave their time and their lives and their safety. And some of the kids, yeah, some of the kids out there. I mean, I saw a post on this you know, on the internet, but. He just mentioned that you know what? Wait, a lot so of, you're on the internet reading stuff other than brony all news all the time. <laughs> brony. Weird. Oh no, bronies. You know what bronies are? Anyway, I anyway, do, anyway, I anyway. do know what bronies are. Okay. We're, we're in a room with one are. of them, and you're I'm going to give you one hint. With one of them, I just know. I'll a give you a hint. There's one pony, brony okay? in this room, and it's not me. <laughs> I might have played the card game a and couple of times. Wait, there's a card game? Yeah, yeah. My Little Pony friendship is magic. Yeah, yeah. They have a whole. He's a brony. He just doesn't want to admit to it. He's a closeted brony. Bronies go a little farther than a card game. They go a lot, a lot farther. Well, this is all. There's a reach around joke waiting to happen again. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> I totally forgot what's fine. I don't know what you're Moving on. What, you know, what, were, what were we talking about before you brought up a piece of audio? Uh, and this is not about arguing about politics or uh, bronies. Or bronies. <laughs> I just thought this was really, really like just trippy. So obviously, there's people that have very strong feelings about Donald Trump, both pro and negative, right? Who's Donald Trump? He's some guy who hosts a reality show and some hotels and Oh, if you watch 80s movies, they reference him a lot. Yeah, he's rich. He owns some buildings. Yeah, just he's just some guy. Got it. So anyways, back in uh, 1999, he did an interview where he was going off on uh, Pat Buchanan because of Trump? how- Yeah. And it's just, somebody brought up the point, they said, just listen to this because it almost sounds like he's talking about the 2016 version of Donald Trump. So hopefully I could play this audio from my phone. I love it. Let's see. Have you seen the thing where uh, they, they did it right after the most recent debates where literally it's him saying he didn't say something and then they show you the yeah. audio and video of him saying it? Yeah. It's almost That's like just hilarious to me. Right. That's hilarious to me. Trump supporter or not, whoever you are, whatever, I'm just saying, even if you support the guy, you got to look at that and shake your head and go, wow. I mean, come on. Yeah, well, you can support him. You can still vote for him. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, come on. But here's where we're at. Someone's so unreasonable. You know. And I hope it's not someone that's listening to our podcast, but there's people out there that are so unreasonable that the minute you say anything, it's just like they just shut off. We see it via on the text line. If we just want to joke about Hillary or Trump, I'm done listening to you guys. It's like, hey man, because I'm, I'm we can't laugh. If, if you support him, go vote for him. Cool. That's your right. That's mm-hmm. your privilege. 
But, man, when he's sitting there going, you know, I never called an apple an apple, and then it cuts to footage of him saying, well, this is an apple. It's like, come on, man. At least giggle and be like, wow, yeah, he kind of stuffed his foot in his mouth on that one. I mean, that's all I'm saying. Anyway. And no different than when like, someone says something, and he's like, I didn't say that. And they find, I don't know how those people find those they tweets find so it. quick, but they find the tweet, like, from 2012, where yeah. he said it. Where he so said it. Here's that audio of him talking, criticizing Buchanan, which it's, it's pretty entertaining. Look, he's a Hitler lover. I guess he's an anti-Semite. Whoa. He doesn't like the blacks. He doesn't like the gays. I, 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 it's just incredible that anybody go. could embrace this guy. And maybe he'll get 4 or 5% of the vote, and it'll be a really staunch, right, wacko vote. I'm not even sure if it's right. It's just a wacko vote. And I just can't imagine that anybody can take him seriously. <laughs> It's almost a feel Jeez. like as you're playing that. Oh, I'm I'm hearing the audio. Don't you play with me? Cause you're playing with fire. Like literally, I'm like, dude, you are inviting a hit squad to come target the three of us just by playing that, man. Come at us. Just, just call us ahead of time. We'll let you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't come right to the door. So yeah, man. This teenage girl showed oh up. I opened gosh. the door. These guys drug me out in the yard and beat me because you played some Trump audio. <laughs> I didn't see that she was wearing a Trump pants. Twenty. 16 shirt. <laughs> Honey pot for Trump. Oh my gosh. The whole election thing. I, <laughs> two weeks, I man. That's all you I got. I just want it to be over, man. It's two I weeks just... is when it all starts, Rev. Oh, I, know. I feel like we're just. I, know. This is I the don't fluffer. think you're wrong, dude. This is the fluffer think you're of wrong. this awful porn that we're living in. <laughs> this awful porn. <laughs> all right. This awful porn. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a really bad NPR. Uh, uh... That's an after school special, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Why don't we do some voicemails, some emails, and some text messages? This <laughs> awful porn starring Bob Vila. Well, Titanic douches look to a man who calls himself C-Mix. That's me. He's a proud bald man who'll tell you to suck it if you think he wears wigs. Uh-huh. Now the message bag gets real darn weird, and that's without a doubt. Yeehaw. So come gather around and chug it on down, and let's all check it out. Yeehaw. God bless Bert. I don't know. Who's Bert? I don't know. <laughs> but, but God bless him. Yeah. God bless Bert. Bert the Conqueror? Sure, why not? I got to ask Glenn real quick. This is on his Facebook page. There's a, a picture of your, your lovely lady with an insanely cool looking car. Oh, you like that? Yes. Okay, so. Tell us the story behind this. Yeah. Uh, here we go. So, uh, <laughs> in 19, here, in 1986, Canon Films, Glenn Globus, which we discussed previous podcasts. <laughs> Put out a completely <laughs> horrific film. I can't believe really how much that called Cobra. Oh, dude, the Canon people really impacted your life. I have a Canon movies T-shirt, and everyone's like, "Oh, Canon got a Canon shirt." I'm like, "You guys are not getting the joke." Yeah. But the one in ten that gets the jokes at like, Canon, that shirt is hilarious. I'm like, "I know," and I thank you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they put out this unwatchable movie starring Sylvester Stallone called Cobra. I remember. Oh, yeah. That. In awesome. the movie Cobra, your tongue, not unwatchable at all. Watch it again. <laughs> My wife comes home and Good she's point. like, "Why?" Are you watching Cobra? I'm like, as soon as he wrecks the Merc, I'll turn it off. It's the same. She's like, you're watching American Graffiti again? And I'm like, it's car porn. It's good. And then she'll see the Pharaoh's 49 Merc that's chopped, the Burgundy 49 Merc. And she's like, oh, God, that car makes me wet. I'm like, okay, see? See? <laughs> All right, then. You know? Yeah. So anyway, the car in uh, in uh, the movie Cobra was a 1950 Mercury. Uh, it was called a six-passenger coupe. And I saw that car, um, I'm dating myself big time, in yeah, 1986 when that movie came out. And, and Bart I, Simpson was born. You know, my dad, that's right. Bart Simpson was still a concept in Tracy Ullman's head. <laughs> hey, kids, you don't know what we're talking about anymore, do you? <laughs> anyway, um, 
I grew up around hot rods. My dad used to drag race Harley Davidson fuelers, and it's just that was always that's what I've been around. There were, football was never on at my house. It was usually the TV wasn't on. It was come out to the shop if you want to be around your dad and drag racing, and that's what I grew up around. And so I'm like, Dad, look, you know, when I turn 16, I want one of those. And he's like, Oh, so fast forward um, a good bit. My the first car I bought was a '48 Ford two door sedan. Uh, you know the convertible that uh, what's his nut drove in the Karate Kid? Yeah. Okay, Daniel's that was in, from 1946 to 1948. The Ford body style and automotive, the vehicle in itself didn't even change because we were consumed with World War II. Mm-hmm. So the cars, makes and models didn't really change. They made a big uh, two door version that's a big. It looks like a big turtle, and I bought that thing because I wanted a lead sled. I wanted I wanted a street rod. Um, I'm showing you the, the picture of the car. Oh, that is pretty. Right? So, I want to go cruising in Dad this bitch. Dad and I start looking you for, because the 48 Ford wasn't quite the thing, we started looking for Mercury Coupes, 49 and 1950 Mercury Coupes. Well, they're sought after. So even one that's rusted out with no engine was 12 grand. I'm 15 years old. I'm, you yeah, know, not going to happen. Over in West Virginia, sitting in a field, we found three 1952 and one 1953 Lincoln Cosmopolitans. Actually, one was a Cosmopolitan, the other two were Capris. Got all three of them for 500 bucks. Had to drag them off this farmer's property. The one that we made the car you're looking at had a hedge grown up through the driver's side floor. (laughs) So the one that was in the worst shape, we salvaged everything we could. The headlight rings, the glass, all the, you know, window glass, all the, everything we could salvage from it. Mm -hmm. It was stripped and then what was left of it, history. All of that was stored in the second one, which we call the parts car. It's still ugly as hell. It looks like a bomb went off, but all it's basically there it's got everything. for parts. Yeah. It's got two sets of. And then the cleanest of the three became that. And my dad and I rebuilt that together when I was 16, 17 years old. That was my high school car. Like That's what I took my prom days to prom. So cool. Yeah, dude. What a great I mean, father, When son. I started driving it, dude, it still had holes, and I had a beer box for a floor on the driver's side. It's like it was, the Flintstones. You could get your feet on the ground. Oh, well, huh? dude, there was a day I was going up I was going up 68, doing probably 60, 70 miles an hour, and it was uh-huh. raining real hard, and my left foot sunk down through that cardboard and popped out the bottom of the car. Oh, God. And I, oh, boy. I mean, you talk about freaking out, because yeah. the box was wedged under the pedals, and I kept trying to lift my foot up, and I couldn't get my foot Jesus, back up through. Dude. Scared the hell out of me. Yeah. So anyway, Dad and I rebuilt that thing. It's painted Porsche into your red. That, that Porsche factory paint was like 90 bucks a pint <laughs> for the paint. Wow. Um, and How many pints does you need for that? Only uh, Really only a couple because you mix okay. it with thinner and, and the whole, and if you guys are pictured, so this, anyway. <laughs> super I'll, stark I'll, We'll put a picture red. of it. Yeah, Like a real sh- vibrant super, red. Yeah. And it's all white rolling pleat interior and yeah, it's this dope car. Well, anyway, when I moved away from home, I had no place to take the hot rod, and um, so I parked it there beside Dad's shop, and it sat there for a long time. Again, I'm only 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it deteriorated, and when we went out on tour with Queensryche, um, I came home broke, because when I went on tour, my income stopped. And so yeah. I said, hey, Dad, look, sell the Lincoln. You know, I got a 66 Le Mans, or GTO, whatever you want to call it, that I drive every day. Dad has a 61 Vet that he's had since I was a little kid. He's got a 55 Chevy project. He has this beautiful uh, 69 Stepside pickup that has a blown 400 in it. I'm like, how many hot rods do we need? Sell the Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I can't sell it the way it is. I want to fix it up and we'll get more money out of it. So dad and I went into the process of funneling money into this thing to bring it back up to just cherry condition to try and get good money out of it. And it never found a home, I think, because it's not a 49 or 50 Merc. It's not, you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. not one of the more sought after makes or models. You got to find that one person. 
That really, well, you know, like, and it's still a six volt car. It still has the belt drive transmission, and it still has the factory motor. And I think that hurt us quite a bit. No one wants to deal with that crap. Um, so it hadn't sold and hadn't sold, and finally I was like, you know what, pop. That thing's so cool because I caught myself like I watched Cobra the other day and my wife comes home she's like why are you watching this and then she's like oh that car's hot I'm like that's why I'm watching it you know what I mean but then I'm online and I'm looking well 1950 early 1950 Chevys Chevy sold a lot of them you can find them cheap you buy one with a straight six in it and you upgrade it to a small block and I'm looking at lead sleds again and I realized I already own one mm-hmm. why am I shopping for hot rods that's hilarious when I already own one right so I called dad and I was like hey man look let's stop trying to sell the car I'm like but. Let's put a small block Chevy in it. You know, let's put fender well headers on it. Let's get rid of that old belt drive transmission. Let's modernize it. It's a six volt car. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they didn't have 12 volt batteries back then. They were six volt batteries. And in the wintertime when it's cold, you get maybe three chances to start it. Mm-hmm. Then the battery's dead. <laughs> Seriously. So just stuff like that, man. Yeah, why you know? not? Just mod if you want to use it. That car had vacuum drive windshield wipers. So it runs off of excess engine vacuum, which means if you're going up a hill, the wipers stop. If you want to swipe, you let your foot off the pedal, ah, whoa, and then the wipers go, wee, no. wee. yeah, oh yeah. In 1952, that was top shelf, man. Well, I mean, that's so ridiculous. That <laughs> yeah, one, man. That, that one points a problem when you're here in Seattle. Oh, I know, right? right? <laughs> why, so, why you keep breaking? I'm stuck on the hill. Anyway, that's the, there's a much longer version of that whole tale. That's the shortest version of- That's awesome, though. Even the origins of why I wanted it. And to this day, man, as a grown man, I, I will put on the movie Cobra and watch it right until the end of the car chase and then turn it off because I'm only watching it for the car. Mm-hmm. I really am. If you've never seen the movie American Graffiti, it's car porn. It's yeah. car pornography. It's one of Lucas's. He did THX uh, 1138 and then he did American Graffiti. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watch it because it's 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 basically car pornography for, for a guy like me that's into hot rods and, and Harley Davidson's and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm keeping the car and it'll be out here in a couple years. And nice. And we'll go cruising. Yeah, we'll go cruising, man. We'll do a podcast from inside of it. It is a dope. You could have an orgy <laughs> in the back seat comfortably. Sold. It is a dope car. All right. Really Plenty of room for the film crew in front. And we yeah. just need to find that damn Kirby vacuum saleswoman. <laughs> <laughs> She's in the trunk of the Lincoln right now. My dad was giggling all morning. She's got to be a 21 by now, right? I'll put, I'll, I'll put a picture Sure, that thing over on the uh, on the Migs Facebook page on the Migs Cast Facebook page awesome. for all you guys to check yeah, out. Oh, I meant to tell, and then we'll I promise we'll get to some voicemails. Uh, <laughs> sure, we were talking about the, all the craziness with the the vacuum cleaner salesperson. <laughs> yeah, recently my wife and I went. We had to get a new vacuum cleaner. Our, our vacuum just started finally falling apart. It was just time for a new one. It wasn't had good suction. So I'm like, all right. I'm, in my head, I'm like, let's just get a Dyson. It's a good section. He made a suction joke. Yes, I did. Got to get in there. I'm man. very disappointed that you guys didn't just jump all over it. I want Rev to get vengeance on you. I I'm was intrigued with him. the story, man. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Glenn. Okay. Gee, <laughs> show some empathy. What were you talking about? I forgot. Trump. He's <laughs> a good person, this Glenn. I'm gonna build a wall around Glenn, and Glenn's gonna pay for it. No, nobody loves Glenn Cannon more than this guy. Nobody. <laughs> Ask anybody out there; they would tell you that nobody loves Glenn Cannon. And has more respect for Glenn Cannon than me. But then you got to fast forward two to three years. I hate Glenn Cannon. He's yeah. an awful person. I've never cared for him. <laughs> Most of his views are idiotic. He talks too much and he smells of onion rings. Ooh. <laughs> well, that's the one part I do like about him. Yeah, right. His onion rings He's are very delicious. Tasty. Oh. Despite back in 2012, I tweeted that I hated onion rings. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're out searching for vacuums. My wife, my wife, I love my wife. <laughs> She's no. a good woman. I love her. Nobody's talking my about wife Tony more. or <laughs> yes, my my wife Tony, who's actually in my house right now. <laughs> oh, is he painting your house? Yeah. Right oh, on, okay, so man. I was like, yeah. wait a minute, that is very odd. What the hell just happened? Tony is now living in my home. 
All the podcast listeners are like, what's going on? Tony from Window Pane. It's not a menage a window pane. Tony is just painting Steve's house. Yes. That's and that's not a it. sex joke. <laughs> that's what they call it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I can come paint your house. What do you want me to do? Vacuum cleaners. Yes. Go. So <laughs> we're looking around trying to find one, and I'm like, let's just get a Dyson. We've had one before. Yeah. They work just fine. There's a sale at this place. She's My wife loves everything that her parents have, so a lot of the things in our house are modeled after something that she loves that her parents have. Right. It's just, I get it. To me, it's like, whatever. I, 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 if I was doing that, I'd have to just take a bunch of stuff that I've accumulated over the last 40 years and put it in my home, and then I could create my house to look like my parents' house, but that's just <laughs> not how it is. So she's like, I want to get an Auric, because my mom has one, my grandma have one, has one, and they love it. It's, it's a, a, a brand of vacuum cleaner that apparently is just like, it's Are they incredible. like the Kirby's where it's like, yeah, this thing's too grand, but it rules? Is yeah. it kind of like that? Cheaper. It's like, this thing is $600, but look how quickly it oh, picks up everything. 600 oh bucks is, I mean, that's a lot for a vacuum cleaner, but I bet it, it kicks ours. I'm sure oh, it does. We went know? to the store, they showed us it, and like they put like down like pet hair and all that, and I'm watching, I'm like, wow, that thing does work great, but our dog doesn't shed. Do yeah. we really need to drop 600 bucks to pull up dog hair that we don't have? Yeah, but there's dust mites and I know. evil and the fruits of the devil. So, the, so while this guy, and this guy is like old school, just salt of the earth looking salesman. Like he just looks like, you know, he... It's in the back room. He's, and been he's not there. supposed he's to be done it for yeah. years. Pours whiskey in his coffee right. every morning. He's got his overalls, like his overall jumpsuit for his vacuum repairs. He pour, Glenn, he pours coffee in his whiskey. In <laughs> well, the my morning. bad, my bad, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he shows the coffee to his whiskey. Yeah, yeah, he just yeah, shows yeah, it yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's like, gotcha. a smidge of coffee. <laughs> so he comes out from the back room. He's like, hey, everyone. And hey, everyone. Hey, you guys. Hey, guys. Hey, you guys. I was there too. But <laughs> <laughs> Baby Ruth. <laughs> so. The whole time I'm looking at the guy, I'm like, I think that, oh yeah, that is a gun on his hip. Oh, that's interesting. He was armed. Fully armed. Sometimes these vacuums go stray. That, you ever seen the movie Runaway with like, Tom Selleck? I'm like, not old. Like, like, in, <laughs> like in Piala? Fully, yes. Fully. What, open carry? Open, on his hip, gun on his hip. And I'm I just like. I think if you can get a concealed carry, you can get an open carry. Yes. I don't know how that works. Here's my either. question. I don't have a gun. <laughs> when when are you dealing with a situation? <laughs> Is a bad guy really coming into the Auric vacuum cleaner place to No, I'm telling you, sometimes the devil gets into them vacuum cleaners. You ever try to fight one? It just, is just tough. Shoot it. Yeah, you gotta put them down. Take it out by its knees. Harvest it for parts. So oh I'm like my. this is weird. Like he's a very charming, nice guy. Almost had me sold on buying it, even though I didn't want to drive. I was like, I can't afford it. You can't say no. He's armed. What if he forces the issue? Right. So I have no idea at this moment. My (laughs) wife is freaking the F out. (laughs) That's funny. That's a drag. And I had no idea. She's like stressed out. She's She's really not feeling it. Because I'm thinking we got to make a decision because she wants this damn Warwick. I don't really want to buy it, but I'm trying to figure out, well, there's a cheaper version, but it's not in stock. So now it's like, do we... I have no idea that she really just wants to get the F out of this store. And at this point, she'll buy whatever the hell I want to what buy. Was, what, was, what was the firearm? Are you enough of a gun geek to know what he no. had on his hip? It's just, I look like a gun. He had a, a gun. gun. A gun. Okay. The kind of gun that you get at the gun store. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the gun, gun, gun. That'll, the kind that'll kill you. The gun looking gun. <laughs> right. Well, here's the, <laughs> the best lead press on gun. That's not the only <laughs> weapon that this guy is carrying at this moment. Ninja Stars? Come on. Tell me Nunchucks. at least Ninja Stars, man. <laughs> the Ed Shurkin? No one either. Damn he, it. Damn. He switches over as he turns. Now I see the other hip. On the other hip, a machete. A machete? <laughs> He's got a freaking machete That's knife. Cut Dude, the this hoses. guy is ready what, for the zombie apocalypse. When they wrap around your neck, right. it's cut them hoses. So now I'm like, whoa. Okay, now I'm a little weirded out by this. 
This is a little much. Like, what do you need the machete Did for? Did you ask? That, no. Did you even ask him if he was a salesman? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, the salesman's dead in the back. Yeah. He's just trying to get like, 600 did have, bucks. Did he have a name tag? Did He's you even like, look at that? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. See? I, I'm a terrible customer. <laughs> the guy could be in the back. He could be stuffed in a vacuum bag. <laughs> you oh. kept hearing this. Which are available at the Oryx So you store. guys want to buy this? The uh, credit card machine's broken. We got to do cash today. Uh, you guys want to buy a singer? Not to tell you what, I'll do it for 500 cash out the door. We got to be cash now. <laughs> All right, sold. <laughs> so anyways, we found, I'm like, man, we should think about this. She's like, yeah, okay, let's go. <laughs> Get in the car, and she's like, did you not see what he was doing? I'm like, okay, so that was not weird. She's like, yeah, why does that guy have a gun and a machete? I'm like, I don't know. Well, she still wants this auric, though, right? So now it's like, well, where can we go? That's not here. So apparently, it's not terrifying. Yeah, nowhere, <laughs> Steve. You're going back in alone. Turns out it's just Halloween. He's like, aw. <laughs> He's like a minister. <laughs> yeah. I got you guys some chocolate. You don't want that crackle? Oh, uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> Crackle's delicious. Toblerone. Mm-hmm. Although, do you ever see a crackle bar on sale at any stores? Never. No. True. Just the itty bitty ones that come it's in the bag. Because they stash the good bags. stuff. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. only the micro crackle. You're right. Most it's people hate true. them. The rice, the rice. No, candies, I they dig it. Them. I think it's the crackle like crunch. Great. Yeah. I know. I love crunch bars. People hate them. Crunch which bars I love. Are the but best. I bet people that hate crackle love rice crispy treats. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like people that love Trump also care for freedom. Yeah. Now everyone hates me. Way to go. Good job, communist. Well, I figured you already alienated half our audience. So. Oh, yeah. They're I'm okay. just kidding. They forgot by now. Although now we're talking about guns. Like, he has a right to have his gun, which I agree. He has I have, right. fi- I have has a right to it, but it's it was just a why very do you un- necessarily like you said. Why do you why, need to show it? Yeah, why, a why do you show it, and why do you need it? Like now to ter- sell vacuums. If you were selling cobras or something, maybe <laughs> it's, it's a terrible sales tactic to have a gun and a machete when you're trying to sell it to this petite, maybe sweet little girl. <laughs> maybe they're trying wife. to defend the store. Maybe it's a place that or uh, the surrounding areas of ill repute, and you do not know what to expect uh-huh. in that area. I would sort of. I don't call the that. cops. I shoot them and chop them up. Yeah, right. Maybe he's got a pig farm in the back. You don't know this. He has a store on Meridian. Oh, okay. <laughs> then never mind. Then I don't know. So, anyways, Ryan's like, I still want one. <laughs> all, right. all right. Well, let's go to the Tequila store. So now we go to the Tequila store. Were they armed too? Yeah. yeah. That guy has a rocket launcher in the back. <laughs> yeah. No, but this, this guy was in full tack gear, dude. <laughs> So now we walk in. Nobody's on in the in the front again. Guy's like, "I'll be right out." I'm like, "All right, cool." Guy comes out, comes to shake my hand. His hand is bandaged up in bloody. <laughs> Are you supposed to shake your hand with it? He had ah! a dis- he had a disagreement with the guy at the other store earlier that day. Right? He shook your hand with his blood stump. <laughs> it was like dry. I was like kind of like I looked at him. <laughs> Don't worry, hepatitis is very tough to catch. What can I do for you? I'm like, do you guys have this one? He goes, no, we can go to it. I'm like, no, we're good. We'll be back later. And I got, I was like, babe, let's go. As soon as we walked down, we go, I'm never stepping foot in one of those stores again, Dude, man. Dude, just Amazon. <laughs> Amazon. Just go to Amazon no, from we now went, on. It's crazy. We so, went to Target and bought a Dyson. <laughs> th- these are the people Steve in the stores. Because I'm going to tell you, man, the guys that came to my house, it was a white dude, two black dudes. They were all dressed really well. It's Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. And they were <laughs> awesome, sharp, well-spoken, just really cool but if I'd have gone to the Kirby store, would I have been met by like Michael Myers? You know, like dude, he right? doesn't speak, but every time he tilts his head to the left, I assume he understands what I'm asking him. You know, like, like, they were like <laughs> they were legit nice guys. Like there was nothing like they did that was like 
not nice other than the fact that one had like what looked like he might have lost a finger earlier in like a vacuum <laughs> repair. Oh Turns scene. out it's like a really tough gig. No one knows about vacuum cleaner store violence. And like, you know, there, there's basically like flash mobs that come gang in there wars. and those guys have to just go down, man. And vacuum gang wars. Yeah, I'm the Kirby you, guys yeah. who are much more buttoned up. They've got the nice shiny guns and then you got the Auric guys that are just salt of the earth like we're going to kill you. Yeah. It's, it's the difference They're between... They're like Max Rokotansky, man. They are the road yeah. warrior I was of, thinking, like, yeah. of like, the vacuum world. Like we got the mafia and you got the biker gangs I'm telling of you. the it's, vacuum world. It turns Auric out there's, a, there's like a dirty underbelly to the world of vacuums. There could be. Vacuum fight. Club. I'm telling you, man. I just felt like I went beyond Thunderdome when like, I went in there. Yeah, man. it's like yeah. vacuum body counts, but they don't report on it. You know, it's like uh, people that die in the hood, no one cares about them. Tina turns so they don't in report a cage. on it. You want one of these? Enter yeah. Thunderdome. Choose your vacuum. Oh, dude, yeah. The Tina comes out and steals. Well, aren't we a pair, raggedy man? And she's like. <laughs> Auntie, two men in dispute, and it's like you and me out there fighting over the model. I don't <laughs> you know. know law. And it's just <laughs> other. Vacuums. I want the three hundred dollar one. You cannot have the three hundred dollar one. All that is available is the six hundred dollar one. Two customers enter. One customer leaves. What is your two weapon of customer choice? Enters. <laughs> Do you want the gun or the machete? Welcome to the Thunderdome. Thunderdome. <laughs> so weird, man. Yeah. I think I'm never going. It makes me want to go. Go. I think they're owned by the same. I'm like, hey, man, listen. I'm just curious. Why are you on? My wife's a hateful woman. Understood. You know, right? I just want to hear what he would say. And you know, it's going to be a one sentence answer. Yeah. And it's gonna, it's gonna, you're gonna want to ask more questions. You ever seen a chimpanzee? But then there's no other backstory to that. Like yeah. what? But what you're going to be afraid to press it at that point. You're just gonna be like. All right, and that's a, that's cool. a life that's a life way, that's the way I live my life is I don't ask questions to things that I don't want answers to. That's a good so, point. So I just great you point. Know, ask no questions, get no lies. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm out. I don't want to know. Jeez. And I got my way. I got my Dyson. <laughs> Congratulations. All I, All I wanted was a Dyson. What was that? Cool. You saved money, too. And I no did. one got hurt. No one got hurt. <laughs> you don't know this. Oh, oh that's you right. You literally do not know this. That's, that's right. Point. That's a good point. Why don't we check out a voicemail? <laughs> I am so frustrated right now because my wife is awesome. You know, I'm super young. We got married super early. Yeah. And, you know, things started getting a little boring in the bedroom. So she's like, hey, go buy some stuff at Victoria's Secret. I end up buying some things. For her, and not you. Home, dude. And she complains saying that they're too skimpy. So I'm not sure what the oh, deal. I got the receipt. I'm about to go return it. I'm just over it. I You're recently bought bedroom. my wife what can only be called a gold lame rubber band, and she looked awesome in it. Right. Yeah. Like, why would your woman, I love you, Tony. Why would your woman be mad that you picked something sexy out for her? Well. You in, know, in if, if she's body conscious, if it made her feel self conscious, that's a, that's tough because, uh, like, I I love lingerie. I'm a sucker for it. And what uh, Tawny see that's the difference is Tawny's cool. She'll talk to me. She'll be like, "What you bought me is awesome." However, I'd like something practical, something that I could maybe wear to work and then take off my clothes when I get home and Watch have that. Yeah, what Panties. you got me. Yeah, and some of the stuff is strictly bedroom stuff. Mm-hmm. It's totally impractical. But yeah. what's cool is she'll talk to me about it, and I'll be like, "Oh, you didn't like that? Well, I didn't like it for the following." reasons gotcha mm-hmm. and so that there it is there's the advice thing dude is maybe talk to her about what she does want because she's just saying oh that's too skimpy bummer but i think if you get her stuff that's practical and then say look you're wearing this for four minutes so i can take it off with my teeth as long as you communicate you know what i mean i think well, i think this is a communication thing brother it would be like i my 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 reasoning on that like my response if she was like oh this isn't like that i was like all right you go to victoriasecret.com and you just add a bunch of stuff to your wish list slash cart 
Mm-hmm. I'll look that up and I will yeah. go buy that. Totally, man. Yeah. See, I'm lucky. Like my, I am a fan of women in those uh, those boy cut shorts. Oh yeah. And so my wife has. See, she likes if those. they're cotton, uh, I get bored with that. They gotta be. Sh- sh- I like shiny. I'm a sucker shiny for shiny. Good. I'm just. I like. I like the way. Oh, you don't even leather. care. Faux leather. No, I'm, I'm into leather too, man. I bought Tony this beautiful leather corset. You're a rock star. Of course, she you're into did leather. a calendar yeah. shoot and she wore it in this calendar <laughs> nice. shoot. Ooh. I can't wait for you guys to see these photos. She's mind blowing. But anyway, we we're talking about your wife's backside and boy mm-hmm. shorts go. Yeah. No, sure. <laughs> and I love it. They're delicious. Um, no. Delicious. But it was weird. One time I went into the, the Victoria's Secret store to get them. And weirdest experience ever. I go in there, and I, I'm about to buy them, and the lady behind the Sales desk- lady was armed and had she, a machete. Yeah, she had a gun on her head <laughs> and a machete on the Hooked other. to a garter belt. <laughs> you know, like, That's what I was going to say. Sold. Totally I'm joke. sorry. Oh, really? Oh, Great minds. Oh, damn no, it, that's all right. If you're going to- That was awesome. That's uh, what you were going to say. I, you were you were lying. I, it was a fabrication. I'm making a makeup up. Oh, I thought he was telling a serious no, story. No, amazing. Oh. No, I never go into Victoria's Secrets. It's way too weird for me as a man. I've gone I, in once I by have, myself and the, I couldn't the, handle it. The thing it. about it is the girls are always really cool, but I go in there by myself. Anymore, mm. the internet is a greater ally. Oh, yeah. But you're an easy target. When they see a guy walk in by themselves, they're like, that guy's here to buy stuff for his girl. And he has no idea what's He's going on. He has no idea what's going on. <laughs> He's already really uncomfortable and nervous. I'm going to assume those girls work on commission. Because they gonna, are we're gonna sell you on me. They are on me, dude. They mm. know you want that to get out suck. there as quickly as possible. And you, it was the same thing with no, your I'm wife. I'm pretty chill, there. man. I'm wide open, you man. Are I'm cool. Me uh, and most men? Not feeling no, it? No, they want to get the hell out of there as quickly as possible. Drink they, more before you go. You'll you know, have your Peter out in the bra aisle and everything, man. <laughs> See, that's the problem. You don't want to be seen as the pervy guy. Even if you are the pervy I guy. I am the pervy guy. See, that's most people it's don't true, want though. to. You don't want to be seen as the pervy yeah. guy. It's the, true. The time I've been to Victoria's Secrets, I make it so... I'm like almost like holding my ring finger up in the air. Like, I'm a safe. I'm safe. I'm safe. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. I'm, I, well, I, no, I'm not armed. They, I'm, not, I'm not walking in with a loaded love those gun. Those girls know love that gun. you feel awkward anyway. Yeah. And they're going to roll up and say, hi, are you finding everything okay? And then all you do is, I'm in here looking for something for my girlfriend or my wife. And and I've even dude back in the day, I can remember being like, she's built like you, a little mm-hmm. taller. I'm going to say same cup size, same yeah. hips. I mean, literally, I'll have that conversation with the chick. And they're yeah. like, oh, at least this guy's not so nervous that, you know. Right. But yeah, it's it's you know. If I, I was a chick I and I, I would totally work at Victoria's Secrets and I would totally do everything in my power to make that guy feel as awkward and as uncomfortable <laughs> as possible. Like I would like purposely grope myself while showing like, oh, do they fit like this? Or hold or, something up and be like, right. I don't know if you're gonna look okay in this. Do you want to try right. it on? Like, or, no, hey. I, I, it's not for me. I, 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 this, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure it feels nice. I just, I, I, I <laughs> here, take a picture of me wearing it and send it to your wife. Hey, give me your phone. I'll do it. Oh, don't worry, she'll be okay with this. And just say, babe, you like this? <laughs> you can just imagine you with this. Beat red, purplish face, like trying to maintain consciousness. Yeah. I'd probably get fired because I'd be like sexually harassing the customers. <laughs> They're not custody, Steve. All right, let's check out our next voicemail. I don't think we helped that person at all. Hello, guys. It's Mama. And uh, I probably don't sound too good, but mm. I caught really bad cold that, that oh. from the concert. Yeah. Getting it's really hot around. and then getting going out and getting cold and. Yeah. But I don't regret it. I, if you tell me you're going to have another one tomorrow, I would go. Sick or not, I would go. <laughs> and I tell awesome. you why. Between Hawknado and Glenn and Steve and the Rev and the Rev's wife, uh, Michelle, 
between all of you, uh, Gypsy, oh, yeah. I can't forget people. Um, uh, another one is Angie. Between all of you guys, you made a memorable, memorable moment in my life. Uh, I, I had the most fantastic time I ever had in my life. And I wish I could have been <laughs> a little fly on the wall in that bus oh no no you don't you'd still be high yeah you'd no longer be with us i wish i could have been a fly on that bus i would have sit i left that bus a fly uh, on rev and steve's shoulder and whispered to you what glenn said i gotta get out of here (laughs) 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 open the window i love you guys and i appreciate everything so getting sick was was worth it for me. I love you all that much. Aww. Sorry, <laughs> but don't be sorry. I'm positive and I'm staying positive. Nice. Think I'm starting to get better. So anyway, you have nice week. I love you. No. And 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 Man, I want to say I love everybody came up to me, gave me hugs and kisses. It was so overwhelming. I don't know what to do. I cry a couple times, uh-huh. but I cry good tears, happy tears. So everybody stay positive, and remember tomorrow's another day. So if today seemed kind of bad. Just look forward to tomorrow. It will be better. I promise you. I love y'all. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I realized the minute I heard her voice, I have a bag with wrapped still bags have nuts. of nuts. Yeah, where yeah. my nuts at? There's some other stuff in that bag too from Mama Hawk Mato that I think is prepackaged weed. I think it's weed <laughs> that was for you guys. Sweet. And to make sure, I, I'm pretty sure it is. You guys have to open it, because I don't know, man. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's in some weird, I don't know. I'll give it to you, but Glenn, right. it's a chocolate. But like, I will eat it, man. Oh, an edible. But nice. Nice. I go well with the nuts. In our living room, or dining room, rather, Tawny, there's two little bar stools that have like a woven wicker top. Mm-hmm. And they are side by side. Mm-hmm. And then there's an outlet between them, and Tawny's phone sits on one and charges, and my phone sits on the other and charges. That's just where our phones live, basically. On mine, I put that bag right there, so there was no way I would forget it this morning. And the minute I heard Mama Hockney's voice, I was like, "Oh!" Because it's sitting on that bar stool, and I will post a photo of this when I get home from work tonight. Oh, that's hilarious! I will post a photo of that bag sitting on that bar stool, and I will put it on the uh, the Migscast Facebook page. Dude, I love that because so you guys can all witness my failure. I mean, it was literally like I'm gonna have to just put it in my car. Right. You know, because otherwise, we're what, at three weeks now? Well, and you guys was, still don't have your nuts. It was like that when I, <laughs> for the longest time, I had uh, this, this, for drummers, they know what this is. So, like, our boy Richie, who listens, uh, you know I'm talking about Thunder Beast. I was wearing your hoodie oh, yesterday. Yeah. Tawny hasn't taken her Thunder Beast t shirt off. I oh, mean, Michelle she wears it around too. the house because she, she took it, man. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, there you go, uh, Richie. Uh, no, yeah. I was rocking the Thunder Beast hoodie yesterday. A couple people even asked, what's this Thunder Beast thing? The guy at the paint store. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> awesome metal band. Well, anyways. My vacuum cleaner salesman turned me on to him. Yeah. <laughs> You got a gun and a machete? You love Thunder Beast. Uh, anyways, 
for drummers, it's like this rug that has a little wood block so that way your bass drum doesn't run away. And for like weeks, I kept telling Glenn, and I was like, I got a gift for Sean. And it was like every time, I, every Tuesday, I'm like, let me make sure I throw it in the car so that way, because I remember playing on Sean's drums and he doesn't have any way to keep his bass drum from running away and he beats the bass drum very hard, like I do. And by the end of a song, it's almost like you're doing like yoga. You're chasing it across to, the floor. <laughs> be able to hit that bass drum. So I'm like, oh, you know, I have an extra one of these. I'll give it to Sean as a way, A, love the guy and... I don't have no need for it and B thank you for him letting me hit his drums from time to time and I kept forgetting and kept forgetting and finally it was like a day where I was coming in for your for the practice before that's right before mix you brought it to that rehearsal man and I remember I was walking out and I got in my car and I pulled out of the garage and thought about it I'm like you know what I'm opening up that garage door again went back in I'm going to grab it (laughs) in my head because I'll forget it over and over and over again. I hate when that happens. You guys, I'll, do I'll be home from work tonight, probably around 8 p.m., and you'll see that I will, first thing, I will snap that photo and it'll hit social media. Nice. And Mama, I'm sorry. <laughs> Bogarting your nuts, Mama. I'm just going to put it in my car. You know, I'm Those nuts will to. be delicious one day. <laughs> they certainly will. And whatever else is with them, I have a feeling will also be delicious. Right, Rev? <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, we got an email. It's uh, themigscast at gmail.com. It's from Garrett. Hey, guys, sorry I couldn't make it to Mix Fest, my girlfriend would have killed me if I saw a window pane without her. Well, you have another oh, chance. Cool. December 2nd. December 2nd, yeah. The Mac, Tractor Tavern. Matt Coke at the yep. tra- Matt Coke's birthday party at the Tractor. Yeah. And that, I think cap of that room is only 335 I think we looked up. So get the tickets quick. Get the tickets quick, because that one's gonna sell out fast. It yeah. is... Less than half the size of Studio 7, which sold out for MIGS Fest, and it's another six-band bill that's just over the top, and that's <laughs> Matt Coke, bands. who's the overnight guy here at uh, KSW, and a lot more. Yeah, it's his birthday party, man. Yeah. Just all, I mean, he works on the podcast with Ted Smith. and Matt's and family, Pop. dude. Yeah, Matt's he's, a great guy. We love Matt, and so, yeah, that's going to be awesome. It's us, 10 miles wide, Devils Hunt Me Down, Woodshed, uh, Year of the Cobra. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Ah, sorry. Uh, that bill I didn't put together, so I don't have it memorized. That's okay. my uh, that's my get out of jail free. I didn't build the show, but we're on the show. So come to that one, man. December second at the tractor, and get your tickets soon because it is going to sell out. And then uh, Garrett continues to say, anyway, I thought you might find it interesting that the first time I ever did any drugs was with, was with my dad last Christmas. The whole family was there, but we were the only ones to participate. Crazy thing is, I'm a physics nerd, and every dark corner in the house was like a black hole. 10 out of 10 would do it again. Yikes. Oh, by the way, the subject line, shrooms with dad. Shrooms with dad! Oh, I would never I with the parents. Could never. Mom, no. maybe. I think I could do mushrooms with my mom. That would be very entertaining because my mom, when she's had a couple drinks, she's a chatterbox and she's hilarious. Mine too. Yeah, like mine too. And I've gotten drunk with my dad a couple times back in the day, and honestly, we had a riot. You know, my old man's cool. Yeah. So yeah, I get it. But mushrooms. Okay, so uh, if you had a family member, like uh, uh, if they're around, or even if they're not, but like, okay, so with mom, what would you do? With dad, what would you do? uh, I'm trying to think. Like, I think mushrooms with mom. I think I would smoke pot with dad. Yeah, I do. I guess I do weed with my mom, but I mean, oh gosh, acid with dad. I think I would do either with either, just because I'd love to see them open up in that way and experience that while I was there with them to experience it too. I got a feeling it would actually turn into a really see, good time. My problem, you know what I mean? I do actually. My problem with acid is I just end up wandering. Um, <laughs> shrooms or acid, I just yeah. do whatever. And I like my dad's got a bad hip, so I probably shouldn't do acid with him. Huh? <laughs> 
That'd be amazing. 12 hours later, you can't find your dad, and you're two counties over. You know? <laughs> or I'm just in the guest bedroom. I lost dad. He's like, I'm on the recliner downstairs. Daddy! Oh. I hear you, but I don't see you! There was a night, <laughs> lost people, there was a night up at Brett Eliason's place, our producer, the guy that does all our records. Me, he Downstairs, Brett has, he calls it the Barca Lounge, and it's his bar. It's a full bar. He has arcade games and whatnot, and no. me, him, and Tony were down there just power drinking. Mm-hmm. And at some point in the night, we were like, man, where's Tony? Dude. Oh. And then we kind of looked around <laughs> for him. We looked around outside and everything, and we couldn't find him. And Brett and I just kept playing video games and kept drinking. I mean, well, 7, 8 a.m., Tony was three feet away asleep on the couch. <laughs> but we went and searched for him. Dude, man, where's Tony at? And Brett and I, had, you know, and carried each other through the house How and around the- How much did you have? Oh, dude, he has a bar down there, and mm. it's not like you have to pay to drink. I mean, Brett and I probably killed several- fi- We were drinking scotch and tequila. I bet we- between the three of us, we killed a couple fifths. Because oh Brett gosh. can drink, and I can drink, and Tony can drink. Jeez. Tony went down first, but we lost him, and he was no further away from us than you are that right now. That is hilarious. So I only interject that story because it's like, man, I have lost someone that was three feet away. I have. <laughs> That's funny. And Brett and I both like, dude, I don't know where he went. You think he's okay? He's not out in his car. Let's go look. He was three he's feet away. He's asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True story. That's amazing. <laughs> Let's check out another voicemail. Where'd they go? Ah, there they are. There they are. What's up, Migs? This is Stevie, the Packers fan. Hey, Stevie. Hey, Rev, how you doing? And doing. Glenn, how you doing? What's up? So, a few things. Okay. Goldberg, Walt Lesnar. We already know who the majority is going to pick, so that's out of the question. There's your uh, prior, there's your thing for wrestling. There's it's your quarter for wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm like, Coldplay what? actually playing Centerlink Field. Can they pull it off? Oh, All right. sell it okay, out. I guess. Yeah, you know, we'll I don't it. know. You know. That's my opinion, and and <laughs> if you look at the Mariners' schedule next year, there's a two-week chunk where there's no games. I think the Pro Team may play a game, show at Safeco. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, that's my opinion. You know, I could be totally wrong. And um, I would love that. Yeah. And also, uh, sorry, I'm way I'm babbling. Lots of internationals got to play mixed trust sometimes. That's my opinion. Oh, 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 oh. So, oh hell yeah. Uh, don't know much else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you. Keep the faith. Stay positive, suck it, LARP on, and <laughs> vote for Kerry King president. Yeah! <laughs> Slayer vote. Yeah, man. Uh, the last I'm into Kerry. He said it has to play Mixed The last fast. international? Oh, yeah. That's I'm a, not familiar with them at all. Oh, dude, I'll get you a copy of their up, record. They're yeah. one of, they've been on the Mixed Cast twice. They're from uh, from New York originally, then in L.A. They had Brad Wilk from Rage Against the Machine as their drummer for a minute. Oh, no kidding. Tom Morello discovered them. Okay. Uh, did, fortunately, I've been, I mean, they've come on a couple times to the point where now it's like we've become buddies. They're in like a, a semi national act, though. Oh, yeah. Like they toured with uh, Scott Weiland. You band think we can get and, them? 100%, yes. We can get them on, to come up for Migs Fest. I think so, yeah. They have, dude, they broke cool. one of the greatest moments. I don't even think I ever had a chance to talk about this when they played the Crocodile last time they were in town, right? And I went, they came on the podcast. We did a special podcast, and you'll meet them if they ever come back to Seattle. They're going to be on the podcast. They're nice. Cool. They're female-fronted, bluesy rock. Oh, yeah, sold. Politically charged and just have all about the working man. Just an unbelievable message, unbelievable voice. She sounds like, it's I, I don't even know how to put it into words. <laughs> this like, sounds great. They're I'm unbelievable. I'll yeah, send you yeah. some links of their performances. Please, man. Yeah, in fact, yeah. if we ever do our little side project thing, there's a song that they have that I definitely want to cover. Okay, like, done. And, and it's not even out yet. It's called Hard Times. And okay. It's awesome. They did it on the podcast. But mm-hmm. during the show, 
they're like, hey, we just want to say, they, they, they gave me a shout out on stage. And, I'm, and of course, I'm like, yeah, hey, I'm wasted. I'm like, yeah, hey, I'm with Ted. <laughs> Show me your Brian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that a beat? Yeah, it's a beat, man. Oh, man. You is need it? to learn these rules, bro. <laughs> Make me do work. Can I say mammalian protuberances? Yeah, you can probably. say boobs. Yes. Yep. You can say tatas. Yes. Yes. Can you say? Oh, I know you can't say zipple. One time I can't f- say that. So you say it? A zipple, not. Mm, oh, you can I said nipple. Yeah, you can say nipple. It's fine. Well, the first time I was on, I said nipple, and you you beeped it. Did he? Yeah, my very first that. podcast ever. It depends if you just say it. But then don't like. But were you with the inflection context, like nipple con- versus nipple? Yeah. Either way, the I'm saying way. nipple. No, the second way wasn't good. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you just broke his brain. No, like if you was saying, broken before. I want to play with your zipple. Then it would have to be bleeped because then it, then it's getting. But sexual. what about dude? Then I pierced my zipple. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So piercings are cool. Like but I could call if I you, put my tongue on a zipple, that's not cool. Right. Like I could say, Glenn, you're being a dick right now. And I don't mean And that, I can right? say my name's Richard Head. Right. But I can't say, Glenn, you need to blank my blank. Even though it's the same word. Zipple his zipple. Yeah. It's, right. It, it's, it, it's weird. Like, you can use What if I words. rub my zipple on your zick? That's okay. In fact, I encourage that. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sorry that you now have post-production work to do, dude. You didn't want to get home anyway. Yeah. <laughs> See, cool. that, that's the thing, boys and girls out there listening, what you got to understand is that when someone says something that has to be beeped, Rev has to go in and clean that up later. It means right. he can't just so grab his keys work. and go. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Well, no, no, no. We're going to start in. doing the tape. Oh. We're going to start doing this show on half inch reels of tape. Yeah. So that Rev has to go I've in and literally do it. razor blade splices. I've literally done that once. Oh. Really? You've done they, tape edits? They made us do it. Uh, at radio school, it was one of those things you have to learn each thing. We had to figure no out how to do cart kidding. machines. Dude, we had, we to had do a tape. We had slicing. to edit calls when I worked at the end. The first couple of years, nothing was digital. Everything that we were doing, interviews. If we pre-taped an interview, Yuck. I had to edit it were up. Were you doing spools or cartridges? Spools, no reel to reel, half yeah. inch uh, or no, quarter inch. Quarter inch. Quarter inch. I had to edit it, and God forbid I screwed it up, I'd have to retape it. And then re edit. Start it. over, yeah. And then by, by the end of the interview that I spliced together, there's all these little pieces of tape. And um, I've got like old things wrapped around my neck just in case I want to reinsert that part of the wow, interview. Oh, man. Oh, it was, it, wow. was um, it was, when we got the, the digital editing software, it was like, oh, oh yeah. Are you yeah. telling me I can actually go home before dark? That is awesome. See, the only drag with all this digital world is it does allow you to be more creative, but it does mean that a lot of people that aren't very talented can put out really good sounding records. That's very Back true. in the day, you actually had to play that crap. Um, yeah. And I'll never, well, I probably will ramp about this again, but yeah, back in the day, you actually had to play the stuff. Yep. You had to play it as best as you could, and then maybe they'd splice together a couple different performances. But all those old records, those guys did that. There was no looper. There was no sampler. There was no auto-tuner. Yeah. All that stuff. No, 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 no. Nothing was tracked to a there grid. A copy and paste the same part over and over and over again, and then that becomes yeah. the song. Yeah. Like, let me get just one good chorus take, and then I'll just take that and just apply it to all That's three correct. choruses. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, just throwing that out there for you. Back in the old days. Yeah, those people want your money. Just, was just wake up and realize that those people <laughs> want your money. I mean, back in the day. Beyonce is talented, but she wants your cash. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. And back in those old days when Will Smith was not as old as Uncle Phil. <laughs> and he was just the fresh prince. The fresh That's prince. right. 
Back in the old days. I even remember some of the lyrics to the hip-hop hit, Parents Just Don't Understand. Thank you. Which was probably cut on (laughs) two-inch. That's right. So anyways, about the uh, last international, they're on stage at the Crocodile. Uh, Edgy, the guitarist, he's like, just goes on a serious soapbox tangent about me and about how I'm one of the last great, like, Oh, radio man. personalities on the last great radio stations. Like it was that's un- killer. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, this is not really happening. Like, it was <laughs> such a cool moment. And I'm just like looking at them waving, like, yeah, it's me, it's me. <laughs> and like and like, you know, uh, Delilah, she's looking at me, just like pointing at me like we love you. And then uh, and, and and Fern, the drummer, he's pointing his sticks at me, and I'm like, like here's like arguably that's killer of the current bands out right now. Like not the, obviously the Pearl Jams and those bands. Like of the newer crop of bands, they are my favorite. Like so to have like your favorite band just stop down in the middle of a set and talk about how great you are wow. to an audience that may. I mean, most of the people there probably don't listen to the rock. They might be more like KXP listeners or whatever. And of course, there were people who listened to our podcast over there. There was a lot of podcast listeners that went because of how much love we show for this band. But right. dude, it was mind blowing. That's awesome. I'll have to send man. you a link of their performance on Letterman. That is awesome. They did an unbelievable. Oh, they're playing Letterman and stuff. Oh, they were on Letterman. Ended the, after they performed. Letterman went up and shook their hands and says. Can I just go on tour with you guys? Like, he was that blown oh, away. Oh, they went in and crushed. They crushed. Real musicians. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, you're going to love this band. Cool. I, might, I might have just I introduced you to your new favorite no, band. No, dude, please. I'm so desperate for good new music. Yeah. Um, Honestly, most of the stuff that's flipped my switch in the past couple of years has all been local releases that outside of Seattle, people probably don't even know these artists. Dude, but it's all I listen to. It's all I listen to. One of the guys that actually helped me learn how to play drums is guy Nick that lives that lived on my block when I grew up. Him and his brother were both drummers, and they both taught me, just took me under their wing, and just showed me how to play the drums. And I forever love those guys. And we still stay in touch because of Facebook. And every year, at least once a year, he hits me up, turn me on to something new. Yeah. And I always like Last International was one of the bands that turned uh, fits in the tantrums. He oh so good live obsessed with because oh of my, my suggestion. You ever heard of that band? They're fun horn based. I don't band. know anything about. Okay, cool. You'd you'd get a kick out of them. Not, so he just hit me up last week. And he's like, give me some bands, and I realized as I'm giving him bands. All but one of them were local releases. Yeah. Your band was on there. You, you oh, were the, at the top of the list. Uh, the Head and the Hearts. Granted, like Head and the Heart. Head and the Heart's gone big. They've they gone did big. Well. But they're a local band. My, oh, my f- buddy's the bassist. Are they all from Ballard or something? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, he plays hockey. Uh, I play hockey. Well, they don't live with, he doesn't live in Washington anymore, I don't think. But So I, I told him That's about where the them. president lives, you know. That's right. <laughs> right next to. Uh, no, it's where he leaves. Right. <laughs> right. He, he, he my bad. It's my bad. My bad. Uh, ever so Android, I told him about. Why only? Uh, 10 miles wide. Basically, everyone who was playing him makes fat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was like, I was as I'm giving it to him, I'm like, I don't. And I, I was like, I don't mean to be like bang the local music drum. But it's really the only stuff that, that's new that I'm listening to right yeah. now. It's fun to be able to do that. Yes. Or I go back to, um, you know, it's stuff that came out a while ago. Like I, I dug out uh, Kid A and Amnesiac, spent a lot of time with those records recently. And then I was talking to you about Soundgarden Down on the Upside, too. Ooh, that's a good um, one. Hey, Rap, I spent a lot of time with that one recently. But it's all stuff, and it's it's not... You know, Ian Thornley's the only guy that's put out a record that I really dug on a major... You know, the stuff Dave Grohl's doing is cool, but man, uh, 
You know, the Take It Back For Sunday God record, sake, I've been geeking man, out about you know? a lot. Um, obviously, very different from the other bands I've been talking about, mm-hmm. but they've like kind of embraced more of a rock feel as opposed to an emo feel. Uh, I'd they probably dig that then. I would so probably dig that good. quite it, a bit. The new record is unbelievable. And nice. I know that all the old school, hardcore Take It Back Sunday fans hate it. Ew. And I'm like, why? Because they grew up. Like they don't, they're not singing. Well, Metallica put out the Black album right. twenty five odd years ago, and people flipped out. But meanwhile, yeah. you know, <laughs> killer record. Man. That was the one that got me into Metallica. Dude, I had no idea funny. what was going on. Oh, until I was one the of Black those guys. Album. Like you know, I remember sitting there being like, "Now he lay me down to sleep," and we'd all laugh. And fifteen years later, I'm still jamming that track. Yeah. So, yeah. but I was one of those guys that you know. If it wasn't Master of Puppets again, I was mad about it. But, you know, you get a little older and realize how many times can those guys make Master of Puppets, you moron, you know? It's, it's not fair to <laughs> yeah. them. I, I was the idiot, not them. Well, know? it's funny you bring up Radiohead and I goof about it a lot. And um, beep, boop, I. Beep, boop. Yeah, that's. Uh, this is their new single. I was like, hey, I'm about I have to say, a, See, they rap, lost turn me on the Hail phone the and just hit a bunch of buttons, and that's a new radio song. They right lost now. me right, at hold on, Hail here's to the new, Thief. Here's the new Radiohead. Here we go. Turn it on. All right. All right. You know what? What kills me? What kills me is Pablo Honey, <laughs> the Benz, OK Computer, and OK Computer were incredible, and they were Johnny Greenwood's one of my favorite guitar players. His, especially what he did on the Benz, oh, is my well, my he, he does some great record. stuff on OK Computer as well, but. Mind-blowingly amazing. Then I think they got bored with being kind of a cutting-edge rock and roll band and got into old Moog and analog synth stuff. And bang, along comes Kid A. And at first I was like, what? And then after a while, you're like, wow, this is pretty amazing. And then um, Amnesiac followed that. And there's high points and low points on Mm -hmm. both those records. Then they did Hail to the Thief. And that was where I checked out. Yeah, I just was like, okay, guys, I love you. I'll always love you, but you've lost me. Enjoy your new audience. That's, that's cool. That, Enjoy your new audience. I ain't that's mad. Okay, we've had that conversation. It's funny you say either, that. Either either I outgrew them or they outgrew me. Either way, no hard feelings. I'll still consider them. Johnny Greenwood's still one of my favorite guitar players, even though apparently he doesn't touch a guitar anymore. I know, and and those first and two records cool. are still in my favorite, probably hundred records of all time. People forget about Pablo Honey. I mean, yep. there's a lot more to that record than just creep. Just negate creep if you need to be that way. Oh, Pablo, Pablo Honey's a killer record, dude. Stop. Ripcord? Yep. Ripcord's killer. There's a bunch of dope material on Pablo Honey. People are like, Pablo Honey, what's that? Radiohead's first record. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, so, anyway, yeah. No, it's, but you, you have the right to not be a fan of their stuff anymore. I'm just not going to crap on them. I, I joke no. about that. But I guess. Hey, man, they're still out there touring the world and selling tons of records. People and honestly, love them. I saw them on the Kid A tour, and the songs that made no sense to me. On the record, when I saw them do it live, I was like, wow, this is pretty impressive. Granted, I might have been on something at the time. I was stone cold sober, saw them at the Paramount on the OK Computer Tour. Oh. And it was. I couldn't get tickets to that show. Mind blown. I wanted to go so bad. Dude, so it was everything off of Pablo Honey, the Benz, and OK Computer, and they destroyed. And what was dope was after each song, the audience, I've never been at a show that was like this, the audience would roar, and then it was church quiet. Wow. And York could say, what, hey, you know, blah, 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 I'm having a beer up here on stage, don't hate me because you can't have a beer down there, guys. The whole audience would laugh, and then so quiet that if someone 70 feet from you dropped their lighter, you'd hear it go click on the floor. They're like a Japanese wrestling fan. It was incredible, <laughs> dude. You ever watched Japanese wrestling? It was wrestling? incredible, oh, yeah. no. It's, it's, very, it's very respectful yeah. to the Respond art. and silence. Respond and silence. Big move. Quiet. 
Wow. No, nobody's trying to hijack the crap the, the the show like they do now. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I, and I mean, I mean, I saw Pearl Jam on the Ten Tour. I saw Soundgarden on Bad Motor Finger. I've seen some amazing shows, and they were amazing. I'm not taking anything away from those, but I've never been at a concert before no. or since that there was this electricity in the air that you could almost touch. And between songs, I mean, just silent. Like wow. if someone behind you was like, "Dude, you want to get a beer?" Everyone in the crowd would turn and look like, "Dude, that was like, what is wrong with you? Shut up!" Was that like it was that kind of a vibe? Ninety seven ish. Tony and I had not been together very long, and she, God bless my wife, she took me to see Radiohead on the OK Computer Tour as a birthday present, man. Because I think it was around when I first started. So it would have been 97 or 98, man. I first started working at the end, and I'll never forget this because I wanted to go so bad, but I didn't know that I could ask for tickets, and I couldn't afford them, and they sold out. Oh, man. So fast forward like three days after the concert, I'm bringing it up to someone on the staff, and like, we had extra tickets. We would have hooked you up. And I'm like, wait, well, how does that work? They're like, you just ask. Oh, and ever since then to, to this day, I I will ask. I will bother you. Yeah. I will continue to ask <laughs> until the day of the show. If I have, and if I don't get those tickets and I've asked for them, I am asking until the moment that show starts. And if I can't get the tickets, oh, well. But I am never going Gonna to go miss through an opportunity like that, that yeah. again because yeah. I missed out on something that I could have went to because oh, dude, there was a plethora of tickets you know, hanging as a, out as a station. fan of what those guys were like uh, climb up the walls amazing live electioneering yeah. they did karma police but he did the whole thing on a Fender Rhodes nice so it wasn't a it wasn't a piano sound it was all you know a Fender Rhodes electric piano it was just like so you got to hear that album in a completely unique and organic way mm-hmm. and you know not to bum you out about the show you missed but it was <laughs> freaking it was the most amazing thing I've ever kind of sort of yeah man although I did have one experience I'll have to find that I have the audio somewhere I don't know if we'll ever play it but uh, remember <laughs> the end does they still do these end sessions yeah one time we did one with Radiohead oh and it was Radiohead and maybe 50 people in a, a studio it might have been what Glenn. did they play what material did they play stuff off of either Amnesiac or Kid A I can't remember um, I have the songs. There's like three. They did. It was three songs. The whole band was there, but only Tom York performed. It was just him on a piano, and it was sick. And here's the thing: that they're like, "Well, Steve, you also will get to do. You'll you'll get to host the Q and A and moderate it and ask questions." And I'm like, "Holy smokes!" Hey, Tom, what's up with that weird lazy eye, yeah. buddy? What's going which, on? Which there? I should, <laughs> hey, Tom, just just immediately, you never ask. Just right. destroys the whole thing. Hey, yeah. Tom, you hear about all the crazy things we did to give away these tickets? Because we did crazy things. Some guy drank his own urine. Would you oh. like to? Meet him, Tom. No. And he couldn't brush his teeth before he got here. <laughs> Another guy pierced 107.7 on the back of his back with piercings. Uh, you want to meet him? Uh, no. Okay. Well, anyways, here it is. So excited. Find out, I'd say, about an hour or two before this end session that we are leaving the end. My Andy Savage in the morning. Yeah. We, we just decided and let them know, like everything got locked in, that we're quitting and yeah. we're going to another station. And now I'm going to to my emotions. I'll never forget this being like, I'm leaving the place that I always dreamt of working at. And I'm, is this a good decision? Is this a bad decision? Should I not? Because at that time, there's a lot of talks behind the scenes. I don't want to bore people with the behind the scenes stuff. But like the end was trying to do everything in their power to keep me. Because they were like, we could, not to be oh, rude, wow, but they're yeah. like, if we lost the other guys, okay. But like you were the glue of 
of the station at that time yeah. and, and, and really the proponent of alternative music. They could rely well, on me to do these interviews. Was back when I first moved to Seattle, 107 was the dope station. Oh, it's it huge. wasn't KSW at the time. No, the, KSW was on the verge of changing formats at that time. Like it was in See, bad man, shape. When, 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 our 107.7 saved it. The end Truly. was where you went to listen to the dope cool it right. was the station man so here i am showing up to this thing my boss now knows that we're gone basically oh, and and it's just tension so uh. much tension and i'm just like i'm sorry like i don't know what to tell you but the show must go on i can't just bail on this and like i knew full well this was pretty much the end of the end for me yeah but it was so weird like so surreal so whenever i think about radio and i think about that moment i bet i bet of, like having like this there was just such disdain for me as a human, for my boss. Oh, man. And here I am trying to be the host well, now, of like the biggest end session, still probably to this day, I would, I would argue, yeah. was the biggest end session that the end has ever done. And I'm the guy on the microphone having to ask questions. And you're bailing and, on the station that day. Yeah. And like knowing that, like, well, we're still going to be on the air for a few more weeks after. Like, I put my best foot forward. I'm like, I will edit this together because I edited it all uh, with the interviews and put together a really great piece of the interviews in a weaving with the music. And it was a really well done piece. Like, I, I, I really didn't want to leave on a bad note. But of course, at the end of the day, I'm leaving on a bad note. Well, how long, because I mean, this is, as someone that was out there in the community listening to regional rock stations, I mean, I knew you and Andy, I remember the making of an end band, Mike Upton Camp went to be a drummer drummer at the time. Yeah. Um, We we made a band to play at Board This. Yeah. One of the radio festivals. Yeah, 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 I remember that. The drummer for Board This was the the original, or one of the first drummers of Window Pane, Mike Upton Camp. So we went back, that's Steve and and Andy Savage, we went back Mm -hmm. that far. And I remember you guys leaving the end, but I don't remember how you got here to KISW, because BJ okay. came from the bus, didn't yes. he? Now, so, did you join the BJ Shea Show over on the bus? No, but I, I never heard from Andy again. I don't know what happened Andy's to Andy in Savage. Massachusetts now, uh, okay. not doing radio. He's got a kid. He's No kidding. I, I don't keep in touch, but it's not because a, I don't As someone out in the, the universe is a fan of local and regional radio yeah. and a supporter of local and regional radio... At that moment, Andy seemed to just drop away, but Steve remained mm-hmm. a presence in the scene. And then when BJ came over from the buzz, Steve's presence became really prevalent again. And that's that's my that's pretty good. Uh, that's my outside view as someone that's mm-hmm. not necessarily following your career, but is following regional radio because I'm a musician in this region. Yeah. So, so for me, what happened? So long story short, and it probably still be a long story. Um, <laughs> The contract talks. This is genuinely, I'll just completely give you everything that happened. Um, Because some people thought we either got fired or this. And it's like, no, no. I can tell you that the God's honest truth was all of a sudden there was a new radio station that was being put together by CBS Radio. It was The Point. You guys remember The Point, which was like 80s 80s music. Yeah, I don't right. remember that, but right. I don't it, like 80s music. So. 96.5 <laughs> The Point. Damn heathen. 80s you know, music. just, I don't know. I'm not into hairspray. I don't well, know. The leopard print guitars aren't cool. I don't know, man. <laughs> just at, didn't dig it. <laughs> at, that moment, at that moment, our contract is over. So now we're trying to negotiate with the end. The end wasn't trying to lowball us, especially me and, you know, obviously everybody, but like I was barely, I had to be an apartment manager just to get by, even though in the eyes of men, you're like, well, you're, you're in the, the morning. morning. You should be, yeah. You're probably mm-hmm. doing great. You probably have a nice house. I'm I like, would no. have assumed you had a career at I, that point. I'm apartment manager of a 32-unit complex in Lower Queen Anne, struggling just to pay my bills, but love radio. I would still right. do it to this day. If I had to do it that way, I would do it again. Like sure. I, I just love radio. So at that point, we have a station in Canada. 
uh, that is really into our show and wants to hire us in Vancouver. I'm all about that. I'm Vancouver like, oh, would have been a cool yeah. market. No, Vancouver is a cool city. Here's yeah. what sold me on them. They brought us out there. They took us to a nice restaurant, Joe Forte's. They hooked us up with an enormous amount of oysters for free. Like they, they rolled out the red carpet. Some guy, their promotions director, comes flying, practically flying into the restaurant with a Canadian flag wrapped around him like a cape. Like just, <laughs> and he shows us the best time. We're it's walking the, the full streets. court press to get you guys. Dude, we're walking the streets, and they're like, "What do we have to do? What do we have to do to get you guys to take this job?" And I'm like, "Get me some weed." In 30 seconds, that guy got me weed from a freaking homeless wow, guy. Like, man. Just bought it up of like what looked like a homeless guy. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. I, okay. I guess I'm like, Andy, Jody, we're signing. Like, relax, Steve. I'm like, okay. So we had <laughs> I'm <that>. signing. <laughs> so we had that going on. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, came a call. Oddly enough, a guy that now works over down uh, the hall for the Wolf. Uh, huh. That worked at the time at CBS Radio. It's funny how radio is. Like, eventually, you all work together. They call us up. They call our agent. And it's like, hey, we're going to be building this new alternative rock station. And we want the morning show um, to to be a part of it. And we're like, of course, then all these talks happen. Money, this, that. You know, it became a, then it became a bidding war between them and the end. And right. the end hit a point where they didn't believe that there was another station, I believe, at that time. Like, they just assumed that we were making this all up, and it, they just basically said, we're calling you on your bluff. And we're like, well, we, we're we just made a handshake deal, yeah, and now we're gone. And then all of a sudden, they came back like, no, 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 we want to keep you. And we're at that out. point, it's yeah. like, we made a verbal commitment. So that station became 96.5 K-Rock, and it was a classic alternative rock station. Um which was basically anywhere from Depeche Mode, Alice in Chains. You're not going to hear anything new. Everything you're going to hear is basically 90s rock or earlier 80s new wave. And that was the format. It's a cool sounding station. We were on the mornings. They said, hey, when we launch it, we're going to throw on billboards. We're going to do commercials. We're going to do this. We're going to let the world, Seattle know that there's this new alternative rock station. Awesome. They launch it. They do one bus board and that's it. Oh, because I was going to say, I don't really remember K-Rock. Nobody does. If you don't know where we are, and this is before social media, there was yeah. no way yeah. to let any, we had no database. Well, even now it's 2016 and I stumbled on 102.9 and uh, 89.9. I stumbled upon them. Right. Like I was just going through the dial and I went, oh, oh. I like that. And I left it there and, yep. oh, and that's how I found those other two rock stations, man. Right. Yeah. If you don't know about it. I always that's my biggest argument with radio sometimes I think people in radio live in this bubble that everybody is so absorbed with radio that they're following every little move on the trades and, and I like, listen to it all the time nobody is unless it's unless it's presented to you via commercials billboards if, I, like, there's a million if I'd have seen a billboard that said 89.9 The Rock I'd have been like well, I wonder what that's all about. Right. You know? Or, what are they just duplicating KSW's playlist? I wonder what they're doing. Or like, and, But I would have checked it out. I would have tuned in. And especially however many years ago, Andy Savage is now on K-Rock. Yep. If people knew, I do think, followed. I think people would have checked it out. We did have a following. Mm -hmm. We just had no way to let them know because there was nothing we could do. So it was a failure in promotion and advertising. So a year goes by and we're just... Tanking it. Yeah. Tanking. Awful, awful in the ratings. Like, just, there's not even well, a blip. How can you get ratings when your audience doesn't know you exist? And that's my, that was my argument with them. Is like, look, if you want them to know we are out there, you have to invest. You have to market it. That's and it's right. funny. I had a conversation recently with a guy who was involved in all that. He doesn't work here in radio, but he works in another town. Mm. And we were talking about, he goes, yeah. He's like, I was a part of the initial launch. And then when everything 
finally launched, I walked away from it and I looked back on it being like, wow, they handled it really they bad. They blew it. They really <laughs> blew it. So fast forward a year, literally a year later, we're on the air, bunch of suits are milling about outside of our office. And I'm like, I know the ratings aren't good. Our boss is on our ass about everything. Like nobody likes us that's involved that has any kind of stake in the game for that radio station because it's like a big failure everyone else in the building loved us like we were just you know friendly to everyone i mean i loved hanging out and talking to everybody still know people to this day black and white dollars and cents so these suits are walking around at like 6 a.m and i'm like we're getting fired today guys and they're like no we're not no they they have there's a four we have a four-year deal but i'm like look there's no reason why these guys are here this early. They're firing us. I promise you. We're getting fired. And they're like, no, no, no. Show ends. And we go into the office and our, our boss walks and goes, hey, guys, come with me. We got to go talk to the GM. And I'm like, this is it. And I look at him. I go, you're firing us today, aren't you? He goes, just come with us. I'm like. You didn't say no. Right. That's, yeah. that's what I said. I'm like, you not saying anything means. He's like, just we need to talk. I'm like. All right. The whole walk, I'm like the the dick. I'm going, we're getting fired. Totally getting fired right now. About to walk into this office (laughs) and we're going to get fired. Like, I was pissed. Because I just bought a house. Oh, Jesus. Like, all right. I just Uh, dropped a lot of cash. Zipple. And they knew it. And I, looking back on it, I was a lot younger and a lot more angry against the world in that sense. Like, big picture wise, I understand you can't be like, hey, Steve. We hear you're buying a house. Maybe you shouldn't because you just can't do that. That's just a dumb move on their part. Um, so we go into that office. Our GM, great guy, this guy, Dave, it's tears in his eyes. Like, look. Oh, man. Before he even says anything, I hear K-Rock's radio change formats. <laughs> to Pink's Let's Get the Party Started. Remember that? Hey, yeah. coming up. Oh, so party. you're hearing the broadcast you're, and you hear Pink come on and you realize. I'm hearing it become 96.5 Jack FM. Yeah. Whoa. Pink is not a classical as, alternative. As artist. you're being terminated. Before they even say you're fired, I hear Pink basically Dude. fire me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, whoa, this is getting real. And weird thing. Our last bit on K-Rock was Andy had a guy that he knew that did a really good Jack Nicholson impression. Mm-hmm. I remember that And guy. we had a contest called The Jack Off. <laughs> and it was people would call in with their impersonations of Jack Nicholson and people and he would judge them. Right, that was, right. That was the last bit on K-Rock before it became Jack. We did a bit called The, the Jack, Jack Off. Off. You guys are totally and in on it. It's a it's conspiracy. A, it's almost like as if we knew. Yeah. yeah. And, it was meant to be. And they're like, hey, could you do a bit to transition from being <laughs> K-Rock to Jack? Yeah, we'll do this yeah, thing called sure. The Jack Off. It totally works out. And since, since I just bought a house and you're firing me, why not play along? So we get fired. Next two years of my life, I'm just going down a really uh, year and a half. About were you in radio for the next two years? Or no, no, I was not working. You were trying to find a new I home. Was, fortunately, I had a, a a good contract in the sense I was able to pay my bills, but there was there was also an end date. So Actually, you got a severance. You got a severance package. I was eight months in on it, and I had a couple other station shows that offered me jobs, but I was just like, I don't even know if I want to do radio at this point. I was oh, done. I was dude. like, how do I? What do I do now? I don't know. I'm not skilled at anything else. I don't like those shows. Like, I liked them as people, but I didn't like the shows where I felt like I'd be a good fit on their show, sure. even though they were very successful shows, like top-rated shows in town. Yeah. And they're like, we can take you. 
Like we'll, we'll, they wanted you. Yeah, we'll, we'll. That's flattering, but if it's not a fit. And also, they were hitting me up really early in the firing. Yeah, I think if they would have hit me up maybe eight months in, I would have been a little bit more desperate and been like, "Yeah, <laughs> what do you want me to do? I got to talk about Miley Cyrus. This guy's here to rebuild my car, man. I, <laughs> I thought he was going to sell me a vacuum. So now I get a phone call from BJ. It's about ten or eleven months in. He goes, "Hey, man, how you doing?" I'm like, "Cause we knew each other over the years." I'm like, I'm all right. You know, I'm just trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to do in my life. And he's like, yeah, well, we were talking. I'm trying to... F- he's like, keep this a secret. We're moving to KISW. Uh, they're going to put us on in the mornings. And so we've they've opened up a budget. when Stern went satellite. Right. I, I, yep. Filling in the blanks for everyone out there. I was an M, actually, a Stern fan. And Likewise. I listened to Howard Stern on KISW. And Howard Stern was moving away from terrestrial radio and going to satellite. And when Stern left KSW, the BJ Shea show came in. Right. So they That's knew, how that happened. Luckily, which was cool in the world of that Howard did this and didn't work out well for a lot of other stations and, and other markets because nowhere else, this is the only show that succeeded replacing Stern. Like, legit only show yeah. that succeeded in, in, in replacing him. I mean, didn't Roth have a radio show that yep. flopped? It was like three months. Corolla, yeah. as much as That's we love right. him. That's right. Corolla his, had his show one. Tanked. I remember. Uh, there's a few others. Uh, you know, actually, the one uh, Rover... Uh, in Cleveland, I don't know if he followed him immediately, but eventually he followed but Stern and he's done well. You got to put this in perspective of everyone out there. I mean, this was a nationwide. Th- Stern was such a big draw as a morning show. He was syndicated nationally, and all of a sudden, the massive morning draw was eliminated for all these stations. Right. And that comes right down to the advertisers that keep the stations afloat, maybe not wanting to purchase advertising during the morning show because it's no longer a successful show. Right. It was a big thing. It was like, you know. A massive event in, oh. in terrestrial radio. It, it was a big deal. It was shaking everybody up. But yeah. the nice thing for them was you knew the end date. So, okay, now we just got to get everything in order to have a show ready. Pull the trigger. By the end date. Yeah. So they were doing all the due diligence. They got BJ on board and the whole crew. So BJ invited you to join So him? BJ calls me up. He's like, hey, man, we're looking for someone like you. And then we realized, well, you're not working. Maybe you would want to be a part of this. And I was like, well, let me think about it. And honestly, I hung up the phone and I called him right back. And I said, yeah. I'm in. I'm yeah. in. I'm in. I, I can see myself working with you. I like what you do. Good move, dude. Yeah. Because <laughs> you guys have gone on to be, have you, I know you're at least nominated for Radio Excellence Awards. Have you guys won? We've won some like awards. The most recent thing we didn't win was uh, Hall of Fame. But you were nominated. We were nominated. I mean, you guys got like, to think about that. If you're sports fans, it'll make a lot of sense. Or even being nominated for a Grammy. I mean, these guys, Stephen Rever, part of a celebrated radio program. Yeah. I mean, it's it's awesome. It's incredible. I mean, not man. only did we replace Stern and stay afloat, we also improved on the numbers that Howard Stern had. So we were getting That's better ratings killer. for the station. you got to be proud of that. Because yeah. you guys they are a rare example. Not. Most right. stations took a tremendous hit it, at the loss of Stern. It killed some formats. I mean, there was like the, the, the world of extreme talk radio, mm-hmm. which was around with the buzz. Yeah. The buzz... A lot of shows, and granted, in Seattle, Howard wasn't on the buzz, but in other markets across the country, there were stations like the buzz, Extreme Radio, yep. Extreme Talk, Man radio Talk. Radio for right. guys. Right. And Stern was the anchor. As soon as he was gone- That was it. The anchor was pulled out from underneath him. Slowly but surely, everything else started falling apart, whether it be Lycus leaving, whether it be this leaving. So then next thing you know, that format, with the exception of a couple cities in America, I think, and like, I think there was- one in, in Florida and another one somewhere where there's still like an FM talk station that's not news-based or right, right. Poli- political-based, it, it fell apart because of Howard. He left and Boom. a format died. 
Yeah. Uh, and other formats died too across the country. Rock stations and other markets died Took because they couldn't, they couldn't follow up the success that they had with Stern. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's. But that's the long story of where I started, and and even and I'm not going to get too into detail, but like I, I talk to a lot of people in radio, outside of radio, and I sometimes offer this advice. Mostly it's solicited. I don't like giving people advice unless they want to hear it because uh, they're not going to listen. Mm-hmm. But when people ask me for their advice in the world of radio, and they're all, everyone's always money motivated. I took a huge pay cut to work on KSW, a huge pay cut. Like I got lucky because the bidding war with with uh, the end and K-Rock and, you know, it's just that's the world of radio. That's the world of anything. When someone wants you, sometimes they're willing to pay a little more that's than right. you're actually worth sure. to get you. Or to say worth is not the right thing. I feel like I'm worth it, damn it. Yeah. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, like, damn it, people like you. Point you can, made. Right. Some people can really do well when they're in the middle of a bidding war, and we were lucky. And then when K- KSW came along, they didn't have that in their budget. So I could either be Mr. Stubborn, Mr. I'm just full of dumb pride. Like I, have, how, I deserve rock star wages. Right. I want, I'm not coming here unless I get that. And I knew they couldn't. They weren't going to be willing to give me that. I'm like, well, this is, this is what I can get by on I, I still need had this enough, to survive i had enough from the severance yeah. i was able to work out where i they they gave me less of my severance to let me out of my contract so i can take the job which was really cool at cbs i always say good things most stations won't do that they'll just be like no we'll just keep paying you because we don't want you to go to another station yeah they'll pay you to keep you off the market mm-hmm. right record labels so, do that to bands they'll sign you to keep you off the market which no is kidding. so lame oh dude so lame and, and we know guys in <laughs> our i went, I went yeah. through something very similar myself so right. yeah so we it's 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 saddening when that happens so but my my lesson to a lot of people and it's a stupid lesson but i believe in it it's like you know sometimes you have to take two steps backwards to take eight steps forward well you you were motivated by content and by the strength of what you felt the program would be not right. by money the quote unquote art of it all yeah and and you know it's you, you joined something you saw as killer i believe money will come i think that's come wise that's eventually. wise that's right and and fortunately i mean i mean I, I remember sitting with my boss and be like look i'll take this but understand that this is not that there's going to come a point where we're going to have to go head to head because you're going to realize rather quickly that you're sorely underpaying me. Yeah. And he's like, I look forward to that moment. And and, and we've had a great run because of that, you know, yeah. and it's just, but it's about having confidence in myself. Like anyone should have, you should have confidence in your abilities and sometimes be willing to take that humbling pay cut, quote unquote, because what it's going to lead to could be way better. It's an investment. That yeah. pay cut's an investment, man. You're and, making an investment in something that's quality. And I took giant steps back. And and because of it, I've been able to take giant steps forward. Oh, yeah. And I only hope I can continue to take giant yeah. steps forward because it's what I love to do. And I wouldn't be happy doing anything else. I learned that while sitting on my ass for eight months being depressed, not knowing <laughs> what the hell I could do. It's like, this is all I know. This is all I love. So what the hell do I do now? It's really cool to... Uh to get that backstory, as someone that's a fan of terrestrial yeah. radio in this marketplace for so long, and I listen to people like, oh, I can't even stand listening to the radio anymore. I'm just like, man, if you're a musician, be smart, listen to the radio, because that's where you're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. So you might want to take a second, and yeah, I hear you, you may not like all the programming or whatever, but listen to the radio. Um, but yeah, as, as a fan of terrestrial radio in this market, and someone that follows terrestrial radio, I never knew 
that backstory. And I don't know if I'm alone in that, but I've found the no, past a lot the past 20 are. minutes have been completely fascinating <laughs> for me. Like, this is just so fascinating. I was just sitting here like, dude, yeah, yeah this was great. Like, thank you so much for no, sharing I, I, all that. It's something that I don't think a lot of people know what goes on behind the uh, scenes. That's remarkable, and man. It's, it's, Even your career path, knowing what happened to Andy, knowing how you and BJ came to be. I mean, yep. I just think that's fascinating, man. That's why when people are like, oh, I don't understand what, what's so hard about doing radio. I'm like, it's not really a hard job, but trust me, it is... It is a mentally and spiritually draining job if you let it be. And that time of my life, it really was. And that was one of the moments when I realized, and we had that talk with with, uh, Adam Copeland, Edge from WWE, (laughs) about not letting this job define me as a human being. Because at the time, it did. Mm -hmm. And when I lost the gig, and and I remember Andy telling me this, because it was the same with him. He goes, when you... When you lose a job, it's like you lose your identity. Yeah. And I'm like, no. And then when I lost my job, it almost did feel like that. Like yeah. I was like, wow, I don't have a purpose right now. And my only purpose was radio. And it woke me up. It's like, you know, yeah, I, I, look, my purpose is always going to be radio. But there's so much more to my life now that if, God forbid, this job gets pulled out from underneath me, it's my identity is not spiritually, gone. Spiritually, you at would all. survive. Oh, I mean, I was, you'd be I heartbroken was, because your passion's been one of your passions has been removed from you, but sure. spiritually, you'd survive because you figured out how to be a more balanced individual. Right. I have so much more in my if life. If window pane stopped tomorrow, I wouldn't commit suicide. I, I, you know what I mean. And that's no, that's I, a spiritual balance, man. It's funny. And it's you say critical. That. It's critical. Because I, I mean, those were thoughts and battles in my head when I lost the job. Sure. I, I mean, because I did feel that same way. Oh, I'm sure. sure. You felt I'm that sure way. it was remarkably dark, man. Oh, yeah. so dark. Yeah. So everything dark. you've earned, everything you fought for is gone. No sleep. Yeah. Taking sleeping pills that were only making me crazy because that's what I was prescribed by a doctor because I was going to seek mental help because I was losing my mind. I was in a I bad it, relationship dude. that she was almost happy that I lost my job because she saw my job as being a, a threat to our relationship. Yeah. God, boy, because, were you with the wrong woman. Oh, I was. Yeah. yeah. And I woke up, honestly, what woke me up was taking the job at KSW because she told me not to. And that's when, that's when I told her that the relationship It's a funny over. thing, too. I'll throw out there, and too, Merry to Christmas our listeners. tomorrow, like, sweartheart. <laughs> all, all, uh, so many women, so many women out there are, oh, I'd love to date a DJ. Oh, I'd love to date a musician. Oh, I'd love, let me tell you something. It's not like you think it is, and it's not like what they saw you on the TV. And you're lucky. You, mm-hmm. All three of us are lucky that we met and married women that under, understand and truly support the time and dedication that these career paths take. Because mm-hmm. it all looks romantic on film. You know, until you really get a taste of God, he's at rehearsal four nights a week. Oh my God, he's up every morning at three a.m. to go to that radio station. Right. Then he has to do these events, and he's never around. And oh yeah, even like Saturday night, whew, my wife's like, you know, she's like, do you really have to go to this tequila and taco fest? I'm like, I don't have to, but I I need to make an appearance. I want to. I want to meet people who spent good money that are our listeners and mm-hmm. and spend a minute. Two minutes, ten minutes. Everyone that I met, I probably annoyed them because I was like, "Here, have a drink ticket. Here, have this." <laughs> but like, th- that stuff means a lot to me. My it's wife important. too. She's like, "God, I wish we just had a night at home." And she's like, "But I understand we have to make an appearance." And she'll bring yep. me a pot of coffee. She gets it, man. Yeah, it's important it, to it's, get it. Yeah, but the, the thing is, this is our lives. The three of us. It is our lives. But I think. You know, it sounds like the three of us understand the importance. That's what I'm saying, not to you guys, but to our listeners, is you have to have that balance. That balance is critical. Otherwise, you do go insane. You mm-hmm. lose your identity, you know? Yeah. If, if you think about your life and like your job or whatever, or even your relationship, and you're like, if this ends tomorrow, where am I at psychologically? And if you're like completely lost and empty, you got to start thinking about like what do you need to do to improve We don't want to be all Tyler Durden-esque on you, but really, <laughs> yeah. you are not yeah. your job. You are not your khakis. You are not the contents of your wallet. You've got to 
get that going on. Where or you won't survive, mind? dude. Oh, no, <laughs> Where is my mind? You know, you won't survive. That's look at what Steve went through during that transitional you know, phase. He almost didn't survive it. Yeah. Because he hadn't yet figured out balance. And I think that's one of those things that you know we were joking about being old earlier, that comes with age. It comes with the temperance of age. If you can survive your youth, and not everyone does. Mm-hmm. Um, in your youth, you haven't figured out that lesson yet and, and how critical it is to invest yourself heart and soul into what it is you love, but also make sure that you have balance in your life, man. And that's true even in not just work world, relationship world. I mean, you think about when we were younger and a, and a girlfriend ends a relationship and you just think, I'm never I'm going to commit suicide. Right. I, I don't know what to do. And then yeah. then what, like 10 months later, you find someone who's way cooler. Oh, yeah. And it's like with age, <laughs> I've learned every, t- every time I ended a relationship, the next girl I was with was way cooler and way more awesome. And then the next one, and it just kept, the standards kept going up and up and up. The things I wouldn't tolerate started going up and up and up and then eventually you find that person like all of us that you marry because you're like all right this is as great as it's going to be and they're treating me like you know i mean like there's not i don't know how to put that into words but it's like i think you just did really well all right yeah the the young version did not see that yeah but that's why when i someone's when you're younger you're always looking back you're always looking backwards at this or that or wanting something you couldn't have or something you felt like you couldn't obtain and a lot of times you'll miss what's right in front of your face because you're so busy thinking about stuff that's gone and doesn't even really exist anymore you know well think about just being a kid and losing your mind because the end of the world is happening because you can't attend a concert oh yeah or you couldn't go to the dance yeah and it's the absolute end of your world because that's still the end of my world van halen with allison chains <laughs> opening i still hate my mom for that <laughs> sorry i brought up old stuff but then lane you, staley was in the band i, had, I had tickets Man. to see him palooza 93 and didn't go because the ride bailed and i was like i'm not gonna drive all you drunks around and I didn't. I had tickets, and I didn't. Oh, man. And the thing is, I went, dude. It's Alice. I'll see him next year. Yeah, I'll be back. There was never a next year. There was never a next year, man. Anyway, I'm sorry. We no, both, we both just, cut you off because of no, Alice that Chains. Get, that totally gets it right to the point, though, because that was the end of your world, and unfortunately, you'll never get that back. But Thanks, <laughs> usually, there's times where that actually works Most out. Most of like, the time, well, it's that not like that. Only that's okay because that happened. You don't have to worry about it. My goodness. It's only when it's that me backfire. and Steve. It's only when it's me and Steve. You know, know, like, I'm like thinking of the concert that I missed that I was able what just to see the What concert was it for you? It was V&V Nation. Guess what? I saw them last. Oh, like, shut up, Yeah, then. I saw them like a month ago. Yeah, for Steve and I, it's like, it's like, I'm not going to celebrate Christmas this year, but for Steve and I, Christmas never came again. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, Santa packed his year. bags. <laughs> he started skipping our houses. Uh, that didn't work out. He's like, I want to do my own thing. I'm going to Hawaii for December 25th. <laughs> Forever. Christmas is done. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. You know what? Well, we got a bunch of voicemails left, but we'll get to them next time. Uh, like I said, hopefully Red the Stripper will join us next week, uh, so long as any travel disasters don't happen. But she'll be on eventually. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. I, and uh, I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed when she does come on, because mm-hmm. she's always a blast. She's hot. And if that, too. <laughs> Sorry. And she's fun to be I've around. I've never even seen a photo of her. I need to sort oh, that out. Steve's Red got underscore his, stripper, man. Steve's got his phone I mean, just geez. in his hand. Yeah, well, we need to set is. this up before you know. In his left hand. Something else is in his hand. <laughs> and his right hand is don't, a don't, kind of oh, up, upsetting coffee mug. There's landed. like a, a unicorn puppy on rainbows with- Those are wrestlers, the New Day. Yeah. Okay, I didn't get the reference. That's just the thing, man. Oh. That's just their thing. <laughs> I didn't know what I was looking at, man. I was like, I don't know what's up with that mug, but- Just their thing, man. You know? <laughs> just their thing. That's the one picture. Oh, you yeah. can just keep scrolling and oh. see more. She's oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, and she's like she comes in studio fully oh. clothed, and it's just as hot. Oh, 
You catch her at Little Darlings. Ooh. They even have a poster of her on the wall. Oh, yep. that's just big gonna, time. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. You too can do this. Just go to red underscore stripper and start scrolling. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, okay. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, wow. She's chugging syrup. Oh, I saw that and all I thought. When I saw that photo, I'm like, there's no way she's actually drinking Hershey's chocolate syrup because you don't have a body like that. Hershey's chocolate syrup. When you just say syrup, I'm thinking maple syrup, but I'm thinking super troopers, and that's gross. Yeah, that was one of the O's. Chocolate one. Chocolate syrup is hot. That's a capital O. She doesn't drink chocolate syrup. There's no way you drink chocolate syrup and have a body like that. That doesn't happen. She dances for a living. You can do that. That's exercise for a living. Oh, yeah, she I works hard for her money. Yeah. So you better treat her, her right. right. Yes, and we will next week. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, as always, it's great having you Love here. you guys. Again, Window Pain is playing December 2nd at the Tractor Tavern. Just go on Facebook. You can find all the information over there. Or Come to Matt Coach Dirty 30. Yeah. That's right. It's That's funny. Right. I was like, oh, this sounds great. Should I get the party bus? And Ted looked at me and goes, I think we should take a break from the party bus. <laughs> Ted's still not over it. <laughs> I'm not, man. I was like, all right, we'll save the party bus for Easter. <laughs> oh, so yeah. yeah, get your information. Just go to Facebook or windowpane.net. You can check those guys out. I believe most of us are going to be at that show, and it's going to be a great party for our boy Matt Coke. All right, next week, Red the Stripper. You got a question for her? You got an email for her? Anything you want to know about the stripper world? We've already got a couple good ones, but you can leave us an email at themigscast at gmail.com or voicemail or text 253-271-4787. We'll get to the bottom of it with Red. Anything else, boys? We good? I'm good. good. All right, we love you guys. Thank you for listening, as always, and stay positive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.